The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, uh, Brian Cranston, because I'm going to dip out after the first 40 minutes. You better not, I swear to God. I'm don't don't make me Aaron Taylor Johnson in this scenario, because I'll be pissed. Well... <laughs> No, I'll stay. Could I? I'll stay. Could I? Could I? If we're gonna, if I, if we're gonna make this scenario, can I at least be like Ken Watanabe? You're, you're Sally Hawkins or Sally Hawkins? Yeah. Yes, I love Paddington, like my own son. <laughs> <laughs> in actuality, I'm due to Joe. In case any of you are confused or annoyed, like, wait, Brian Cranston's on the show? No, Brian Cranston. You know what his response would be to that? You're goddamn right I'm not. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> well, I was going to say, given given the way Hollywood has put him in movies, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so weird, because I know we're getting ahead of things. Have we talked about Brian Cranston on this show? I don't think we ever have yet. That's... Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a goddamn shame, because he's the one who knocks. Anyway, uh, welcome to <laughs> one double feature. Um, so okay, I, I, there is one thing I have to do. Um, unfortunately, before we get into things, um, a couple of times in the past episodes, we talked, and you guys probably could figure this out by now. By this episode, um, you probably have learned that we um. I had said in the past few episodes that uh, we were going to upload something in one of the off weeks, in that first off week specifically, um, during this time uh, of the show, which we're doing bi-weekly now because of the holidays, which again, you should probably know by now. Um, unless you're new, then hi, welcome to the show. Nothing happened that week. Um, it, basically, what the plan was is that we were going to upload part of the radio drama during that week because there was the delay. But there's just a lot on everyone's plate, um, especially John and Kenny, who've been working really hard on this thing. And my heart um, goes out to them, as it does every single time I'm in front of a microphone, because I love those two. And they make this show tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the conversation part with Joey, it's them that makes me actually want to listen to it. Uh <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Though I think Joey would agree. I think, I think to an extent you would agree. It's one of the few uh <laughs> things we agree 100% on. uh but um sadly um uh that episode didn't come out to you guys there was some miscommunication on my end i i i apologize for that um but we are still working on it hopefully by now it'll be done if it's not uh you know hopefully we'll get it done soon um whenever john and kenny are able to uh get that one finished it's again there's a lot There's there's a lot of moving parts and it's it's wearing on all of us 
all four of us. Um, so, but either way, I hope you guys are enjoying it, and I hope you guys are liking the songs and liking all the performances and stuff, because at the very least, those are entertaining. Um, and, I mean, it, listening back to it, it's actually, like, really entertaining, but again, it's just right now making it is a lot. But, um, whenever we get the parts out to you guys, um, they will be out. I'm not going to make any promises. When they come out, they will come out. There you go. Um, anyway, uh, how are you? By the way, how are, what's going on? I'm all right. You know, I, don't, I don't have too much to say, really. I did see Eternals, just to talk briefly talk about new... Um, the the movie that you, you were like, this looks stupid, and then you watched. Yeah, because that <laughs> trailer wasn't... That for, that trailer that I, ke- I, I kept it's seeing... Like a, it's like a reverse Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like, first Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and some, sometimes I feel that way with Disney movies, where it's like, if I don't like a trailer, the movie's going to end up good. Like I, I didn't care for any of the marketing for Zootopia. I didn't care for marketing for some some of the other like Disney things, and I ended up liking those movies. And then Incredibles two, great trailer, movie was all right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, um, but Eternals, um, you know, there's a lot to talk about with with this one. I'm not going to say too much. I will say, um, it's interesting the reception it's getting. Uh, because mm-hmm. I walked out of it thinking that was one of the better Marvel movies that they've done. I've heard a lot that it was like, it's Marvel finally like doing something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like not to down Marvel movies, though. It's really easy to do. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, it, it seems like from what I've heard from a lot of people that like it, it's a, it's a Marvel movie that does what other Marvel movies won't do in a lot of respects. And actually tries different things and new things, and it and it maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but you sort of respect it. Look, Is that would you say that's I, the case? I, I'll, I'll say this much: once you see it, you won't stop thinking about it. it it's that kind okay, of that's good. It's that whatever you think about it, whether you love it, whether you hate it, I, I I'm just still thinking about it. I don't know when I'm going to see it again. Probably not till Disney Plus, just because the way my schedule is, but. I can't, mm. I can't wait to see it again, and I, I just think... I can't wait to see it. It's visually, there's some some of the coolest scenes... Like, like, people, like, with a lot of the MCU movies, there's not a lot of awe and wonder in them. It's more just, like, flashy... It's, it's sort of lost its luster for that a little bit. I think after so many Marvel movies at once, and... Yeah, but there's some it's a little oversaturated. But, but there's some moments where it's just like like there's, it's stuff in the trailer, like you know, Jim and Chan like turning something into like petals of flowers, you know. Mm. But also just certain landscape shots of certain things. Like I'm not gonna say what, but it's just it's just really beautiful in a lot of uh, respects. And I got to give them credit for managing the ten character like sort of ten characters they have for the Eternals. You know, mm-hmm. obviously some get more development than others, but. At the end of the day, I like all of them, and I think they're all unique personalities and characters. You know, it's not like it's not like the Avengers, where sometimes you just look at the Avengers and you just go, "That that's the same guy." That one I just don't care for. That one, <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> um, it, it, it's again, I think it's one of my favorite ones. I think, and um, I can't wait for you to see it. So there's that. Well, I've said it before. Like I've always been really excited to see it. Cause I I remember watching Nomadland, which was the same director and i that's another that's another movie that i genuinely loved but i know a lot of people could probably watch it and think it's really boring or like dumb because it, it's 
and I met, I've, I, this was another criticism I heard a lot from people that didn't like it is that they felt like it was cramming too much into it. Um, and for a director like Chloe Zhao, who I think is an incredibly talented director, and I think after watching Nomadland, I can definitely see why she earned the... Like, it wasn't like one of those, like, oh, she just won it because they were tired of giving the award to white people or anything. Like, she earned it. Mm-hmm. Like, she's genuinely good. That's good. Um, and Nomadland is very much, like, a vibe movie. Like, we were talking about with Ghost Dog. Um, it's it's Francis McDermott with real people who are actually, like, nomads and live that life, hanging out with them, and, and it's it, you just are living with them. And there's no real plot at all. It's It's all just an experience. And for what it is, like, you're seeing, especially, and it was especially a good movie to watch, right now because of the pandemic and I feel like there's this sort of lack of community and sense of community with people, whether it's like vaccine conversations or mass conversations. Whereas like I'm watching this movie where these people, all they do is live off each other in the land and they're like, you know, they're so kind and nice to everybody. And you love like every single one of them, like even the real people, like you love them. You're like, I don't know who this person is in real life, but I'm watching them in this movie and I love them. Like my heart, fills with joy when i see them on the screen yeah so yeah i really i did really like nomadland so that alone made me excited to see what she could do with like a big budget like marvel thing and i know there was always that conversation of like oh you know you're giving an indie director like like the whole black widow situation with uh that director who's known as more of an indie director i guess making a big budget marvel movie but um i don't know I'm, i'm excited to see it honestly so. Yeah, Marvel's had an interesting. It's an interesting year for Marvel this year because obviously they have all the MCU shows, and mm. people really liked WandaVision. I knew people who just got into Marvel simply because of WandaVision, you know, and uh, Loki, um, Falcon, Winter Soldier had its ups and downs. Black Widow happened. Shang Chi, I really liked. I can't wait for you to see that one. Yeah, I'll get to see that one this month. And then we're getting Spider Man later this year. It's a it's a crazy I- year. Spider-Man, as somebody that works in a movie theater, I am in no way excited for Spider-Man. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope it's a great movie, and I hope it meets everybody's expectations, even if I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, as somebody that works at a movie theater, I'm going to be pissed yeah. that weekend. My, my, so thoughts, my, so- thoughts, <laughs> my, my thoughts uh, will be with you. <laughs> But, uh, uh, but how's it going? Anything else going on with you? No, that's it. But oh, how, how's it going with you? Yeah. Um, today was a fun day, admittedly. Um, I won't, I won't take up too much time, but, um, it, I would, I should, um, put a, like a, like a opener to this story because I recently got a car again. I saw this on uh, Facebook. Yes. So, okay. You could probably guess when this happened because in the episode, I I was a little bit like off kilter. I was a little bit pissed off because the day this happened, I was pissed and I didn't really want to talk about it. But now a lot of time has passed and I just don't give a shit anymore. (laughs) So just like, "Eh." Um, but a while back, my car blew up like the car I was driving previously uh, blew up in the parking lot at my work. Now, no one's dead. It didn't, there was not a fire. It literally, basically how it happened was my car, um, I was, I was coming out from a night shift and I can, so I can drive home and my, I couldn't start my car. I didn't know what was going on. So my dad came by and we looked at it and we decided, let's just look at it in the morning, see what we can do. We went out, got a new battery, 
that didn't work and then he was just kind of sitting in the car like turning it hoping it would catch and then it started smoking and then i back up i'm like no 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 and my dad notices and he goes no it's not gonna blow up it's fine and i'm like no. Richard shaking his head. You can't I'm see like, it. I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Like, no. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and uh, lo and behold, <laughs> like a huge burst of air shoots out of the engine and pieces fly off. I call that an explosion. And it wasn't fire, but it was an explosion. It's a, that's a small scale explosion. Sure. So, so, um, me backing up, and then the whole time I was just really frustrated going, I was right! I was right! I was right! It was gonna happen! He didn't listen to me! He kept it going! I was really mad that day. Uh, <laughs> but um, my, uh, wholeheartedly, my dad was a hero that day, because he, he waited for the tow guy to come get the car, even though I was frustrated. He stayed in the parking lot with the car, um, and he, 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 he helped, and he spent money that he didn't really have or didn't you know it just he did a lot so even though i was frustrated and a little bit maybe frustrated with him because of that specific thing he he really helped me a lot so i want to just put that out there as well um but from that point on and mind you this was like early 2021 this was like february april like before spring when this happened so from that point to now i've been getting rides from people also i've been stuck in my house a lot which last year i didn't have much of a problem with Whereas now, because even though I am relatively like a shut in right now, even more so than ever in my life, and I wear, a, but I also wear a mask all the time. Um, I feel more comfortable going out and going to, to at least going to stores or going to like you know shop or something. Um, I don't really go to movies or restaurants yet, but I do all that stuff still. And yet it kind of sucked. I didn't have that access. Yeah, the way I do now. So now I have car. And it's nice. I can take myself places. So today, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live it up. I'm gonna just spend the whole day out, and I did, and it was an adventure. Basically, I got my car. I got, I got car wash, so it's nice and sparkly now. Um, I still need to get gas, so I got to do that. <laughs> um, so I'll do that on, on my way to work tomorrow. Um, and then I went to sell some stuff, and I got like fifty bucks. And then I wanted to sell my PS4 Pro. Um, so I went to, I went to GameStop, which I was a bit hesitant to do that because of the reputation, but I was like, screw it, I'll do it anyway. And the guy there was like, oh, we're actually spending a lot of money on these right now. I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. So, um, he initially goes, it's not starting up. So, um, but there is a way to get it to start up. So if you can figure that out, cause I can't do it here, bring it back. I'll give you like 200 some dollars for it. And I'm like, all right, you know, cause I got it used when I initially got it and it was like 20 bucks I spent on it because it, I bought it at a store I used to work at. Yeah. So like, it's a profit for me regardless. So I went, I'm sorry, this story's gotten a lot longer than no, I No, no, keep going, keep going. It's a good story. <laughs> so, so, um, I drive home and I hook it up to my old TV and I realize the power cord is left at GameStop. <laughs> so I got to drive back to GameStop, go back to my house, so I did that, and I plug it in, and my controller's not working. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Why am I running into all these issues? I needed a new USB cord, which I didn't realize so about an hour and a half, because I thought I had to charge it. So I'm sitting here charging it, and it's like, no, just get a new USB, because your controller's actually fully charged. What the hell? <laughs> so I finally do it. It's like 4.30. I go out, and I 
was able to get the trade in, so that was nice. And then I went to Best Buy, and I, I may have bought something for someone, but I'm not saying what or who or what it is. But he, I think he already knows. <laughs> Hi. Anyway. <laughs> no, but that's a, that's a good story. Um, it's a good story. Happy, happy for you. Is a little long-winded, I think, at the end, but, you, you know, know, you know that, what, though, that, that's true. If there are people who are super fans, they should be happy for you. If you're not happy for them, screw you. Are there, do we have super fans that aren't our friends? There's that one guy, I forget his name, on Instagram. La- Lack of Laughs? Lack of Laughs. That we t- yeah. I mean, I mean he, he might just be, be a ha- fan th- fan. They should be happy for you. I hope, I hope Lack of Laughs is happy. I hope he's just happy listening. Yeah, I hope he's having... Listen, I I also just want to say this too. If if you're if you're listening, you're doing a good job, whoever you are. Just just keep going. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that was nice. That was, it was it was unwarranted, but it was nice. It's like listen. I think any 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 time you could you could say like a nice thing. I think it's worth it. Um, uh, anyway, so boy oh boy, do we have an episode for you guys? This is a big one. This is one I know we we were waiting to do. We were, we initially had planned this episode later, but then we we're like, nah, 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 nah. We got it. It's got to be sooner. <laughs> it's much sooner. Yeah, this is one where we rearranged the schedule a bit to get this one earlier because otherwise it was going to happen next year, and we didn't want that. We did not want that. But yeah, this is a monster-sized episode of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Good pun. Try good. Listen, good, good, good pun. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you 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 miss all the shots you don't take. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, this okay. So, cinematic universe. We were talking about Marvel just before, right? So, cinematic universes are a big deal now, especially and especially the last decade. You know, since everyone's trying it, everyone's trying. Everyone like the, the the DC stuff, of course. Dark Universe, which is so successful. I knew you were thinking that. You know, you know, Dark Universe. They had a whole trailer. I, I, I loved, I loved the Johnny Depp Invisible Man. It was such a good movie, and and Bill Condon's Frankenstein. Ugh, oh, Javier, so good, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Oh, <laughs> terrific! I mean, you know, we started off with that Mummy movie, which was an instant classic. So you knew it was going to be successful from that point on. It's just, man, what a series of bad decisions. <laughs> But Ooh. but anyway, now this cinematic universe, it's been going on for a while. 2000 what? 14, 14 13, 15, 2014, 14. you know, and, um, you know, I, we're just going to say, it, this is the MonsterVerse, okay? Yes. This is the MonsterVerse. From Legendary. Yes. Legendary Pictures, also Warner Brothers has a role in these films as well, um, but we, this is interesting too, because... Godzilla is a character we both enjoy, but the only other Godzilla movies we've talked about are American Godzilla movies, and that includes. I know you did a video about the Showa era, but <laughs> I I did a whole video about. The, listen, that was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, that was it was. So an uh, check out the YouTube channel because that video is there, and yeah, you you might like it. You might I don't know. It's but good, is there? It's, it's, a, it's a good video. Um, good video. <laughs> but with that said. We're going to talk about the start of the MonsterVerse, 2014's the Gareth Edwards directed Godzilla. 
That was that was not Godzilla. That was more like Tim Allen uh, <laughs> and an opera singer in a room together. <laughs> Though, in fairness, in fairness, it sounded better than I was expecting it was going to be because I knew you were going to do a, some dumb roar, but it sounded okay. <laughs> was that was that more in line with what you expected? Eh, about the same. <laughs> that was more yeah that was more in line that, there we go there we go that's the two dudes quality it's the two dudes stamp of quality i just i just start singing the Katy perry song roar <laughs> like that's the closest i got i'm sorry so 2014 uh godzilla this was put out that the because 2014 was the uh the 60th anniversary of the king of the monsters and, you know, it had been a while since America tried its hand at a Godzilla movie. And it had been 10 years since Toho put out the last Godzilla movie. Um, at that point was Godzilla Final Wars. Um, mm-hmm. And they let, you know, Legendary and Warner Brothers handle this one. They're, they were like, go for it. Yeah. But, Try it. But it was kind of like you can do. one of those things where it's like, you can use Godzilla... You can't use but, you can't use the other iconic monsters yet. We need to see you prove yeah. yourselves. Yeah, we have some thoughts on this one. I think you know uh-huh. this. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this much. I think this this part will be the most ne- negative. Will be for this. I think it's safe to say. I don't. I, yeah. I I want to I want to say this. There's some brilliant things going on in this movie. Like I, the first half, we when we were watching it together. The first half really plays out very nicely. It has a nice, genuine sense of, like, awe at the size of these creatures and just, like, the mystery. Um, I I think about my favorite scene in the whole movie is when Godzilla first, like, arrives in Hawaii. That is a cool moment. Because you see, like, the water, like, water levels rising, people running away. Just the entire, the environment around around everybody and around Godzilla changes as he's approaching, mm-hmm. as he's approaching the Island. And I just thought, man, that is what you do when you have a budget for this kind of thing. And you want to try to show, cause they wanted to do it, obviously make it look like a, a real natural disaster kind of thing. And yeah. it really, it really comes off that way. Um, it does. I think that is pretty spectacular when you like, can, yeah. When you have something huge, it moves the earth. Yes. And you want to you want to display that really well, and I think it does a good job. This movie also has some things in it that um, I don't know if this is too early to transfer to that, but there's some things. In this We're gonna movie bring up other like, positive things, but if you want to bring up something else that's like you know, I mean, it's listen, it's this movie ultimately is a mixed bag, if you ask me. It is, and so like for every moment where we got great scenes like that, or just the whole third act really, um, you also have like. The whole second act. I feel like after, oof. Choices that are made. Choices that are made. Um, this... But, you know, let's, 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 let's start off. Let's, like, let's describe this movie a little bit. Like, so, this, like, like we said, this is the start of the MonsterVerse movies. So, there is, there's a little bit of world building. So, we learn about Monarch, which is sort of the, like, organization that is connecting all four of these movies some, sometimes the movies focus on people that work at Monarch, whereas the other ones focus on people that are just experiencing what's happening. Um, in this case, the movie, uh, the focus is, well, initially the focus is the Ford family. 
and we focus on the dad who was played by Brian Cranston, which was a big selling point for this movie. Um, but then it focuses more on Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays his kid, and just him trying to get home. It's it almost feels like those Christmas I'm trying to get home for Christmas road trip movies, except it's got <laughs> except it's got Godzilla. <laughs> oh my god! Like, honey, honey, I'm on my way. I'm just stuck. Uh, hold on, honey. Get here fast. Christmas is almost here. Or in this case, get here fast. There's people dying and there's a big monster thing coming. So it's the same concept. Yeah. <laughs> so it's perfect for the holidays. <laughs> I'm just picturing the, the... I haven't even seen the movie, but the cover of the movie, like, I'll Be Home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which is just him in, like, a Santa suit. It's a it's a random Disney movie. I think it, it I think it's getting a Blu-ray from Disney Movie Club. It's just look it up. Anyway, look, look it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there it definitely focuses in a lot more on on the people in a in a sense, like mm-hmm. uh, like how they react to it, but also like I think one of the big things with this like Jaws. We were to- we were talking about it before we recorded. Which 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 it's it's on my TV right now. You got it on 4K. You got it on 4K. I got it on 4K. So I wanted to look at it. The thing with Jaws, okay, like when you're a kid, you want to see the shark, right? You want to see mm-hmm. the shark eat people. The reason why you keep watching Jaws into your 30s <laughs> or whatever is because <laughs> Quint. It's because of Brody. It's because of Hooper. The characters, the character dynamics are really interesting. Played by mm. exceptional actors, and you know Steven Spielberg just being one of the greatest filmmakers ever. So it's it, it's it's a little unfair to compare it to Jaws, but Jaws is sort of the template for this kind of thing. Like, yeah. if you're trying to make like a disaster movie or like a monster movie where they're trying to like what ha- what would happen if they had to react to this kind of situation, Jaws is ground zero for that kind of thing. At least for like the modern era, and. Yeah. I think as far as, like, I know one of the big criticisms of this movie, the big thing that everybody talks about, where the hell is Godzilla? Like, I think there's whole video compilations of, like, eight-minute-long videos that read every scene featuring Godzilla in Godzilla 2014. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, that's it. And it's literally, like, his back, his back. His foot. His foot. Him for, like, two seconds. And he's roaring. His back. His back. Part of him going across the bridge. His back. Yeah. His back. <laughs> there's a lot of... Li- li- listen, there's a lot of scenes where Godzilla's about to fight, and then, like, they cut away. Like... Yeah. It makes me think of, like, there's a French movie I watched in film theory class in college, and the whole point of it was that it was this, like, anti-American movie, or, like, almost like... It was the kind of movie that was made specifically to like go against every single type of move that would be made in a, in an American movie. So like for example in a, in a normal movie you would have a scene I don't remember what the movie's called but there would be a scene where like you know a fight would be going on and we'd see the fight, right? In in this French movie it was the character leaning up against a wall and then you hear someone going there's a fight going on over there and running away and then the camera stayed on the guy. <laughs> That's Godzilla 2014 in a nutshell for the first two acts. And there are movies that, that do that, like, like the build-up to a fight and, like, an aftermath of a fight pretty well. I think about yeah. um, uh, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp from the, the guys who made The Red Shoes and Black Narcissus. Great movie. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen it, great movie. 
like these movies takes place it takes place over the course of several wars and there's a duel that happens you never really get to see the duel or the wars really it's really it's just about the characters and then raging bull which was influenced by partly by colonel blimp there's it, it mm-hmm. there's it's all about that build up that build up in raging bull that one of those those uh the fight it's been a while since i've watched it but i remember like there's that whole build up and then you don't really see that fight yeah you know um and that can work the problem is this movie the main like there are good characters and there are great actors in this movie this has a fantastic cast honestly yes like i'll agree with that top like brian cranston kem watanabe Sally Hawkins, uh, David Strath, David Strathairn, the guy that the the guy that plays the Colonel. Yes, the guy that plays the Colonel. He's a yeah. terrific guy. I love him. He's, um, he's in Nomadland. Man, I really want to see it now. <laughs> he's the only other act actual actor besides Francis McDermott in Nomadland. Fun oh, fact. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, everyone else is like a real person. You know, uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen. Um, Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, Juliette Binoche. Can't forget. Uh, her international superstar like it, it's 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 pretty good i mean the, the cast for the get of these movies are pretty good you know it's, by uh, i also want to preface this by saying i liked aaron taylor johnson in kick-ass Can, uh, he's a great he's great in kick-ass you know what i i i, I he thought it was all right in tenet even if he was doing a christian bale impression <laughs> it's fine um uh, but in in this in this one it really it really uh, it, it really is like it's so jarring, like, because Brian Cranston dies, okay? He dies. And then we have to follow him, and it's like, <sighs> I was like, the, you know what the worst part of it is? Not that, it's just, it's not just that he, his, he's just kind of, like, unseasoned, if that makes sense. I, I didn't want to say bland, but that's basically what I said. Sorry. Just being honest. Um... It's also that like that same year, like year before or whatever. When did when did Age of Ultron come out? Twenty uh twenty fifteen. Though we knew about the casting prior to that, we knew about it, and it was it was in the after credits scene of wasn't the was it Winter Soldier? I think they yes, uh, I think it was Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, basically, so what made it weird to watch a little bit is that we had learned that Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen were playing twin siblings in the marvel cinematic universe which to this day are they are still because i mean obviously wanda had her her own show on disney plus and they still like aaron taylor johnson isn't in it but he's still mentioned um so that's still very much a thing um and then the next thing you know like like almost immediately after we learn this before the movie even comes out they play a married couple and obviously they're not related. It's just acting as performances. But regardless of that, it still feels kind of gross. Yeah. Like, you can't help... Like, to this day, I can't help but watch this movie and go... Ugh. Which is also weird because it makes me think of um, the old boy remake that Spike Lee did and hates. Like, it's not like a movie he likes, but like... do. You, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about with, with that? Yes, because I, I her and Josh Brolin. Listen, I just want to say this: the original Old Boy is a great movie. Watch, watch the original Old Boy. Uh, the new one, uh, yeah, yeah. Another movie with great cast, but still, doesn't yeah. And a great director, but yeah. even the director's like, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's the biggest problem. Is like the our central character is kind of dull. 
Yeah. And because we don't have exciting, because like, like it's one thing to have like, okay, if we're cut, not showing the monsters all the time, but if at least we have like likable characters. You know what it makes me think of though? Mm. Again, I don't, sorry to interrupt, but, and I only think of this because I, because we talked about it recently and I recently purchased it for myself and potentially someone else. Um, it makes me think of Scream mm. because a big marketing point of that was that drew barrymore was going to be in it like oh my god drew barrymore right drew barrymore is going to be in this movie but of course as we learn spoiler alert drew barrymore dies in the opening of the movie yes but at least as it plays out every other character that shows up is great like sydney's great dewey's great gail's great all the friends are great obviously billy and Stu are wild characters and so like the big marketing ploy for this movie was that Brian Cranston Heisenberg's going to fight Godzilla. And that was like such a selling point, especially because breaking bad was still very and popular. His, his voiceover in the trailer was intense. Like exactly it, that trailer is awesome for this movie. And then it's like, he did. <laughs> well, the, I, I think the funny, he, he, he did the funniest thing I think was like, I feel like days after we just kept saying my wife, my wife died (laughs) like they build him up so much and then like even like it's so disappointing to the point where like there's even a scene where like ken watanabe's like i need those two guys and he points to brian cranston and aaron taylor johnson and so you think they're still gonna be involved or at least brian Cranston's still gonna be involved no no and then guess what aaron taylor johnson like even if he was gonna be an interesting character he doesn't do anything with them. He he like talks to them in like a meeting and then leaves. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of it's one of those things too where I kind of like I think that's one of the things I liked about the other movies um, is that they had a more of a focus on like scientist characters. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie is is squarely like the military, and it's not even like. Because, like, the, the most critical it gets of the military is with the David Strathairn character, because, you know... Because of, like, his, his bomb shtick. His bomb shtick, but everything else is like, yeah! You know, and it's just kind of whatever to <laughs> to see it through that lens. You know, obviously, support the troops, you know, member our troops and, you know, all that stuff. I, I grand, a grandfather who served, you know, and all that stuff, but... Mine too. It's still, like, you know... It's just kind of awkward <laughs> to to watch it in this uh, a movie a movie where it's like it's trying to be very serious and is it's trying to be very serious. Obviously, takes a lot of inspiration from the original 1954 Godzilla. Which, in case you've never seen that movie, like everybody thinks it's just giant sumo wrestling. The Godzilla movies, but that movie is like is so grim and so um, it's so different than every other Godzilla movie it's so different from that any other yeah. Godzilla and I it holds up as a movie let me tell you it I is agree. A, it I is agree. a master uh, Ashiro Honda's Godzilla is a masterpiece um, great movie great international movie um, you know great great all around but yeah this movie and obviously there's a lot I think that they do well in this movie like I said I think the scale is immense and like yeah. I, I got to see this in IMAX once and the sounds and just seeing Godzilla's sheer size is is truly a thing to marvel at. Um my theatrical experience was not as interesting. Ooh. Or at least it wasn't as a good experience. 
<laughs> I'll admit. So I saw it at like a midnight showing at um at my work. I wasn't working there at the time, but it was it's at where I work now. I remember I was so stoked to see it. I was like, oh my god, this looks so cool. Trailers looked great. Brian Cranston, I love Brian Cranston. Um, hopefully this is a great movie. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, and there's a lot of, I'm liking the first act, I'm liking all the stuff, then then Brian Cranston's dead. And then like the whole second act happens, and while it has some cool moments, ultimately it's like, nah. That's I will say, I don't I don't want to be like the consistent negative person about this, but I, I mean I'm just trying to be honest. Um, the the second act is the hardest one to get through of the whole movie, like if you can get through that just to get to the third act, or if you just skip it and watch the third act, then I think you'll enjoy it. You know what? These movies, I feel like, are the ultimate, like, watch this at home and skip to, like, the scenes that you like. <laughs> Even with the ones that we like. It's kind of true. <laughs> like, like, so, like, I'll just go, like, okay, I'm going to go to this part. I'm going to go to this part. Yes, yeah, it's cool. Oh, this, this is four, cool. four stars. All right. Yeah, but like we, they're like, oh wait, oh I don't need that part. Oh wait, I don't need that part. Oh wait, there's there's a whole movie. Wait, there's more movie. Is it more good stuff? No. Uh, I was I was sitting there and I was like kind of enjoying it, but I think I got I was just sort of winded after that that second act, and so I got to the third act, and while I was enjoying it, like the, like like when Godzilla was actually fight fighting the Mutos at the end, like there was cheers in the, in the audience, and I was sort of like clapping along just so I didn't feel awkward. You know, I, but I, I was enjoying it. But but I got to say like seeing a monster there's nothing like seeing a monsterverse movie on the big screen opening weekend. Because yeah. like Marvel movies everybody claps. At you, least you, you, at least before the pandemic it was. Yeah, before the pandemic. <laughs> but like everybody claps and it's like like monsterverse movies like when that atomic breath scene came out I remember being people going like yo I heard somebody go, what the yeah. F? What the fuck? It was like, it was such a great, like, surprise moment, or even like when he vomits his atomic breath into the Muto's mouth. It was yeah. like a cool, really, really dope moment. Yeah. But then, like, I leave the. Th- okay, so this is the worst part, though, admittedly. The movie wasn't the worst part oh, of this experience, because on my way home, I got pulled over. <laughs> oh. I wasn't even. I was. I wasn't even speeding. I think I like was changing a CD and then like I may have gone over the line and so he he pulled me over <laughs> and he's like you're driving in the middle of the road I'm like oh I was changing a CD it's like where are you coming from saw Godzilla oh uh. all right move along <laughs> see good thing it was that's God- always the most <laughs> see if you saw King Kong he would have given you a, a ticket he would have given me a ticket all out wholeheartedly but the, at least. <laughs> It's always the most stressful thing to, like, drive in the middle of the night, at, like, after a midnight movie, like, drive at two in the morning or whatever, and then see red and blue lights behind you. It sucks. Like, oh, man. Uh, you, either you're having to pay too much money or you're not going home. Or, thankfully, you don't have to pay anything. But you still are just stressed. <laughs> it's just so stressful. Um, but that was that was a terrible experience seeing that movie. But I, but I, I had better experiences later, I'll say that. Yeah. But this movie... Um... It was very successful. It made over five hundred million dollars worldwide, and that was um, it, it. So it made not only its budget back, but it made a profit because I think the I was reading this. I was reading a couple of these movies. Like the break even point for this was like just under four hundred million dollars. So they made mm-hmm. a profit on this, and they greenlit a sequel pretty quickly. But Gareth Edwards got involved with um, Rogue One, obviously. And Which we sort of talked about. We did talk about. It was, it was, it was a mu- it was a bunch of other. It was amongst a bunch of other Star Wars movies, and it sort of followed the similar trend that I think Godzilla did as far as 
like his his making of things. It's like it, it had s- sort of like meh characters, but a lot of great spectacle, a lot of great like oh. shots. The whole third act is amazing. Yeah, like he, I mean, there's some great action pieces, but also too like Rogue One is one of the the is is arguably the most visually unique Star Wars movie because yes. it makes it like a war. And I don't think we've ever really quite gotten that with any of the other ones. But like I said, like, you know, it's easy to dog on this movie. And because, again, there's a, there are things to poke at. I I thought I, I, I may have done that a lot. I, I do apologize. You did it. But <laughs> it I, I do, a bit excessive. I have to acknowledge, like, visually it's impressive. It does introduce us to Monarch, which I'm like, I wish we got more of Monarch in this first movie. I really like the idea of this monster organization. You know, mm-hmm. like, they're kind of like, <laughs> like S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. <laughs> I like I would have liked I would have liked to see Aaron Taylor Johnson with Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins more instead of like them splitting it up into separate stories. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get that. Um, and I, I think again, there's some like like the like the, I, I was talking about this with Eternals, the awe and wonder of things. Mm-hmm. Like even in like a moment where Godzilla's blasting the atomic breath, it's not just a compl- like like in the later movies, it's like he uses like a laser gun and he's like pew pew. In the other ones, this one it's like a dramatic. Like dramatic crescendo it's literally like, moment, and, and it's like just think, a thing of beauty, man. It's man, that, that was oof. like, like it. It showed that Gareth Edwards can actually like do a really great job with this stuff. Um, and I again, I I have my issues with it. You have your issues with it. I mean, hell, if I'm being brutally honest, we were both dozing off a little bit watching it. Yes, um, which. Man, yeah, we were both like tired, just yeah. exhausted watching this. But I can't, I can't lie, especially because I got the new 4K, which they brightened up some of the pictures quality a little bit. Watching it there, like I still remember watching the the, the third act on 4K and how bright and brilliant the atomic breath was. I I was in tears. I was moved because like I finally felt what everyone in that theater felt. <laughs> <laughs> Because I didn't have to go through the second act just to get to it, it was it was great. Five stars, five <laughs> stars. That whole third act. That's what you said. Five stars. I I, I just but there's, there's certain shots too. Like I think the halo jump, my my brother talks about all the time. Oh yeah, it's it's there's a lot of iconic cinematography in this. Or like the fog where like Godzilla, you see Godzilla's body turn around and you hear the it's like the tail, the, and you see his body like a flash, and you're like, oh man. Like, it just mm-hmm. takes your breath away. Um, it's so good. Like I said, this movie was a hit. And there were some interesting shenanigans that happened because... Um, <laughs> because our next movie, I think at one point, Universal was supposed to handle this. Cause... And then and then they're like, no. Because at this point, Legendary had jumped ship from, from Warner Brothers and went over to Universal. Which is why Legendary handles the Jurassic Park movies now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And have also handled a few other movies, but now they're back at Warner Brothers because mostly I think MonsterVerse, MonsterVerse, and also Dune, Dune. You know, which they put up like um, the last movie in our series we're talking about, and Dune. They put up seventy five percent of the financing for that movie, for those movies. So, but given HBO Max circumstances, maybe Dune, the Dune movies will be the last time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, um, but maybe. Uh, I do like no. I, on that note, I know we're probably gonna talk about it later, but I do like Legendary Pictures. Yes, 
like I've noticed a lot of movies I've genuinely loved the most in this past like have been from them I think hey you know, long story short you know you know long is a very long story long story short I, I locked me some legendary pictures you know okay thanks thanks there uh, Jimmy Stewart listen I lock I locked me some some legendary pictures you know <laughs> you know I like talking about legendary pictures I don't like halting conversations and then coming back to them two days later sure george bailey sure <laughs> actually i was doing no i'm kidding i don't know what i was doing <laughs> i don't know what you were doing either but you know what you know who did know what they were doing legendary pictures um when they produced our next film okay i have a lot of thoughts on this next film uh this is the 2017 jordan vote roberts directed kong skull island Woo! Yes. Woo! <laughs> My name is Joey D'Angelo. You know that is that that is a look into my 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 routine when it, when I test my microphone. <laughs> he has to pretend to be me, folks, which is a sad which is a sad state for both of us. But anyway, there is so much. Mouth movement when you say Joey DeAngelis. Richard Perdol. Richard It's just see, you just it's just a close lip. Richard Perdol. Richard Perdol. Richard It's it's it. It doesn't give you the Joey DeAngelis. <laughs> well, anyway, that was a big monkey movie. Big big monkey movie, and this is I I have to say this up front uh, because I have a history with this movie. I think I, I think this movie's got an interesting history to begin with too. Uh, that is true as well. But so, uh, but start with you. Start with you. When I first saw this movie, okay, I was excited for it. You know, I was at the point where Godzilla twenty fourteen was like, you know, whatever. Also, we should we got to paint the the narrative that this was during a time when I think, and I I would put myself in that category and potentially you in that category as well. Cinematic universes were just getting annoying. Yes. Like everybody was trying it, DC. I think what this was twenty seventeen, right? Yeah, when Kong came yes. out. Yes, and that was so that was right before Wonder Woman and Justice League. So literally, like DC fans were only had Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad. Marvel had all these other Marvel movies that it was before Black Panther, but it was around the time um, like Thor Ragnarok was coming out or something like that. Thor, like one of the Thor guardians and, uh, the first MCU Spider-Man solo movie. And then on top of that, um, this was after dark universe failed miserably. Well, da well, dark universe, that was more like summer. Cause also keep in mind, skull Island was a March movie and that March was a loaded month oh. for releases that had power Rangers. It had Logan and the beauty and the beast remake. Either way, it was still there. It was there, and so it was just a. It was it was just the plan, and so this was this was sort of running rampant, and so I think this sort of permeated the air and the mindset, especially for people like us that were just kind of like, can we just get a movie? Yeah. So I just wanted to put that. No, out there. that's that's fair. Um, for me, when I first saw this, I hated it. Like I, I know, I flat out <laughs> hated it. Um. <laughs> It was, I, I mean, there were things that I liked about it, definitely. I loved Kong, which we're going to get into that stuff later, but I couldn't stand anything in this movie. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if I was having a bad night that day, uh, that bad night or, or whatever, but I, I was just negative on it. And then I remember Waikiki 
<laughs> Shout out to at Wikey. I remember, I'll never forget when he saw this on the big screen. He went to the, ba- he took a bathroom break and he was texting me while he was seeing it. And he was just like, I don't like this. <laughs> and that, that is, it's just such a funny, um, funny memory that I have. I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story. I'm going to leave it in until he tells me to take it out. Listen, the truth is we all, we all text while we're taking a pooper, you know. That's why. I f- that's what. Listen, that's why phones are disgusting. <laughs> you should never use somebody yes, else's this phone. Is, this, this is why I always like spray my phone down because I just like, what did I touch today? <laughs> Everything. That's the answer. But and yeah. then obviously I I bought it on Blu-ray because of course I I, I have all every I have all the Kong movies on uh some type You're, of you have media. you have collect you have a uh, collector issues like i do yes yes we we have yeah. we have issues and <laughs> it was one of those movies it became one of those movies where i rewatched it a lot and through those rewatches and through a number of other things it became a favorite of mine and i have to i'm going to make this statement right now i think mm. that this is the best king kong movie since the 1933 original like as an all-around movie okay because you have t- uh, some certain types of kong movies right you got the the sequel that gets rushed out months after the original son of kong you have hmm. the toho movies which they're fun but kong's design is just awful yeah wow this was bad the toho mm. the toho kong is just awful looking but Anyway, um, the 70s Kong, while I have an appreciation for it, it was definitely my least favorite movie as a kid. I've talked about mm-hmm. that before. Um, the, yes. the, and the Peter Jackson one is fine. We talked about it before. It has We great, have a whole episode. We have a whole episode about, about, there's about some, that one. There's some great things. I know Dr. Feehan and I are nostalgic for it. Shout out to Dr. Feehan. Um, but this one is, is, is the first Kong movie to really like break free from its chrome steel shackles and become truly something different. Yeah. It had the it had the help too of like being uh a, like a second entry in a planned what I guess four however many movies they were going to do uh cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that kind of helped it out a little bit. Um I remember I actually saw this is like I was at work and uh, this is weird to think about now, because everything's so different now. Because <laughs> I don't do this anymore, I'll tell you that. But I just remember, like, after work, my parents came. Um, I was literally, like, I just got off a shift at, like, 5 o'clock. My parents came to the theater because my dad really wanted to see Kong. And I was like, yeah, you know, sure, I'll go see it. And, like, I just remember, like, I was looking at my managers, and I was, like, trying to grab popcorn and stuff and drinks so that I didn't, you know... I, I mean, I paid for it. But, you know, the popcorn, I, it's free when I'm working, so I don't really care, but, I, you know... Yeah, I made sure, sure I paid for everything. Yes! <laughs> so, uh, I literally grabbed all that stuff, and I'm still at work. And I don't like... Honestly, I never really liked watching a movie after work because I, I, I would be exhausted. And I don't have, I don't give a lot of attention to it. So that kind of sucks. Um, like even, but I, like if I have to work, I try not to, I tried not to see a movie because either I got to be at the, at there seeing the movie and then I have to go out, out of the movie to work or vice versa. Mm. 
and either so like yeah so i was already kind of like probably somewhat tired i don't know if i fell asleep during this one i'm pretty sure i was awake the whole time if i'm being honest i could be wrong though okay i remember my si- i remember my sister came with us and she does not like going to the movies She'll see she'll see movies every now and then, but she's very much of the mindset of if it's on TV at home, she'll watch it there, mm. and she can be in her pajamas, sure, and like be on her couch and stuff. So I can I can understand that, but um, she went and saw this, and all I could see the entire time watching the movie with her was her going, "This is gross," <laughs> like ew. He's like slurping, and I'm like, "It's calamari." It's like ew. <laughs> Hi, Jelly. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh but my no, she, god, she was... that makes me think of Jurassic Park. It's like, what's the matter? You never had lamb chops? <laughs> <laughs> she, you know what? She loves Jurassic Park, too. So, you... I don't know. There's there's a lot of references to Jurassic Park in this movie, too, so I don't know what's up. But she was not feeling this one particularly. Mm. I think I think it's just like the monster. Like, I, 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 think, I don't know. I don't know. She's she she's into what she's into, and that's all. That's all. Yeah, that for sure. But, for sure. I'm just poking fun. But but what was nice though is that she doesn't normally go to the movies with us, so it was just cool. Like, yeah, I think the last movie I saw with my sister. Um, what came? Well, hold on, wait. What came out? Lion King came out in 2019. Yes, right? it did. Yes, it did. Did Dumbo come out in 2019? It did. It, it was there was three live action remakes that year, and the other one was Aladdin. What was was Dumbo? The, which one was the very last one? Lion King. That's the then that's the last one we saw in theaters together. I hate that I know that too. I hate that. <laughs> I mean, if there's anyone that would know, I appreciate you knowing. And for this instant, I'm sorry you have to know that, but I appreciate you knowing uh, yeah, for this right. for clarification. Point is, um, we didn't like it. We we went to Arby's and we're like, what? That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> So, and but the Arby's was good. The movie was just dumb. So, you know. But you know, shout out to Jelly. She she actually watched. Um, she actually just got to episode forty. On that note, I know I'm just going away. I just giving love to my sister. No, that's fine. I guess that's what. Listen, that's all good. Uh, but yeah, she just got to episode forty, which was the uh, Planet of the Apes, Batman and Robin episode. One of our best. So I was like, that's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, but yeah, she came with us to see Kong, and then I remember, I remember right after the movie, I went in my car and I had to message you. And I was like, Joey, what did you think? <laughs> and then you're like, it's the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, so obviously you weren't a big fan of it at first. Do you, can you remember anything about it that you that turned you off initially? Okay, initially. So I felt I feel like. I was a little harsh on the characters outside, which is a, which is a common issue with a lot of these a common issue. MonsterVerse but movies. funny enough, I would I would say the characters are the best group of characters we have out of the four movies. Um, okay. But like, I just didn't like I didn't like the characters. Um, there was just a lot of stuff. Like, I I don't know I don't know. It was weird because like because I'm so positive about this movie now. Like it's one of those movies where yeah. where if I have nothing else to do, I'll put it on, and I'll just watch. I'll watch so many scenes in this. I feel I almost I almost feel like you wish you had a second chance watching it on the big screen. I I did. Would you agree with that? I would agree that. And this is the important part. Okay, this is what I want to get to. Uh, okay, listen, he doesn't need to hear this, but I feel like I need to say it, and he's not going <laughs> to listen to this stupid fucking show. Get- 
He's not gonna unless unless we tweet it at unless him. we tweet it at him. <laughs> I'm doing. Listen, it. <laughs> and also too because that that Gundam. Did you see the Gundam picture? That looks I did. freaking sweet. I, did. I I only know Gundam from the toys and like the various Adult Swim commercials, but I'll watch the movie. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm watch down. the movie now. Like, listen, yeah, Jordan, down. Jordan Vote Roberts. I apologize. I apologize. Um, this is a great movie. But also, mad respect to him because um, do you remember like the the uh, the Cinema Sins controversy? Oh yeah. Which listen, I don't I don't normally like give hate on the show unless I like you know vo- voice an opinion that might be a bit harsh. But fuck Cinema Sins, I hate Cinema Sins with a passion. I'm sorry. If you like Cinema Sins, cool. But I hate Cinema Sins. At least to the point where like it, it got it got ridiculous. I remember like there was a point where it just got so ridiculous. Like it was mm. fun, fun where there were like five minute videos, or like whatever. But it got- but now it's literally like it 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 it, it, it encourages like aggressive nitpicking. Yeah, and like it degrade. Like here's the thing, and I've said this before: movies aren't perfect. They never will be. They're made by human beings. So and they're made on a budget. They're made on a time crunch a lot of the times. And at the end of the day, I mean, hell, Batman eighty nine when it initially came out, it didn't even have its own sound effects. It had steel sound effects from other movies, for crying out loud. The, the gunshots, Dirty Harry. The door sliding off the frickin' Batmobile, Aliens. Mm. I mean, again, you know, it's almost... I think that's part of the charm with a lot of these movies, too, is that sometimes they have these little flaws or imperfections that just, you know, it kind of makes you like them a little bit more, I think. So, I don't know. That's, but I never really understood the mindset of cinema. Here's personally. the other thing, too, because people think a good movie... Like, they think uh, objectively good movie. Uh, I hate the word objective. Like, after the year yeah. 2017, after we had, like, The Last Jedi, I hate objective film criticism. I hate counting all the flaws of a movie, which completely ignore themes, character development. Like, that's my thing, is a movie is not... Like, is plot not, hole yeah, stuff. A movie is not a quantifiable, yeah. like, thing. It's an emotional experience. Especially There's no watch. math. No. There's no math. No. No. Um, and I think, you know, this movie, it does, I think it does a lot of cool things with, with its themes. I, I, I want to, I want to get, really get into this movie. So basically, yeah. basically the basic gist of this movie is it's a prequel to Godzilla 2014. So it's effectively yes. the Wonder Woman of the MonsterVerse. And it kind of like, even just the color palette makes it feel like the Wonder Woman. You I, know what I mean? I love like they both the have look. the golden hues. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is like after Vietnam, basically, and you know America is humiliated, of course. But also, this is sort of the early beginnings of Monarch as an organ organization, um, mm-hmm. you know. And we have uh, Bill Randa, <laughs> played by <laughs> John Goodman, my man, John freaking Goodman, who's trying to uh, secure goddamn legend. He's trying to secure like a mission. To um, a mission to Skull Island, to this mysterious like the mysterious island, you know, and mm-hmm. he's trying to frame it and as his his yeah. And I just I need his opening line. He gets the first line in the movie, and like this was after Trump got elected, and he almost feel like it was intentional. Like there'll never be a crazier time in Washington. Mark my words. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, damn. <laughs> and this is a th- keep in mind like the next movie has a three-headed dragon obliterating washington <laughs> so like he, he's trying to get funding okay um mm. and 
he barely he's with brooks with, with brooks um who is played by dr dre um from uh straight out of compton and he's also in into the heights great actor i don't remember his name though i'll be honest let me just because i have the wikipedia pages pulled up for a reason just real quick i'm so sorry hmm. we're, we're, we're we know we know certain people oh cory hawkins i feel bad for not cory hawkins yes he, he is very good in this um i like cory hawkins you know and they secure funding from uh senator richard jenkins <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> We're just going to mention all the people in this movie. But they secure funding from him. And they try to frame it as like, hey, A, this is kind of cool. We found a mysterious island. But also, B, you want to get there before the Russians do. Yeah. It is, you know they're going to get there first. You're gonna get, you got to get there first. So then, you know. but then we also, you know, they also have to hire, um, they have to hire Tom Hiddleston, who's a tracker. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. Um, and you know what? Maybe this is, this is my nitpick, but I preferred him with a beard. And like the sort of tossed hair, but then when we see him again, he just looks like Tom Hiddleston. I agree with that. I wish he was a little more rugged. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, what? I still love Tom Hiddleston, so I have no beef. Yeah, and also I have no beef. We have a, a, a photographer, um, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Captain Model. Who I really like. I really like her in this movie. She she did get a lot of crap at one point, but I I've never really disliked Brie Larson. I always liked Brie Larson, honestly. Not that that means anything, but it, it really, I do listen, like Brie Larson. Listen, Short Term Twelve. If you've never seen it, watch it. It's great. Listen, the first movie I ever saw her in, Scott Pilgrim. This is her second time on our show. Fantastic. You know, I I, I always I always love uh, in Scott Pilgrim where she goes, "You should so totally come." <laughs> Um, oh, Todd's vegan but, makes it better than the rest of us. But listen, sorry. But listen, listen. So I bet you didn't know this, but Captain Marvel is a two hundred million dollar Skull Island reunion because it has Samuel L. Jackson. It does. And, and listen, Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, the year who plays Colonel Packard. Colonel Packard, who which makes me think of freaking Atlantis, which is already a bonus. Yes, um, yes. But his character, you know. This is after Vietnam, and he's looking in his medals, and he's trying to think what what the hell was this all for? You know, we yeah. lost. He yeah, and that's he doesn't think they lost. He's like, no, 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 no. He's trying to. We're not done. He's trying to like finish the mission, so to speak, and that's the thing that was missing from 2014. I feel like is I don't want to say anti-military, but like a little cynicism towards the American it, military complex, industrial complex. It, it, you know, it's sort of dr it like that characterization of his character drives home the the like from the get go because obviously, uh, Jordan Vol Roberts is framing this to like Apocalypse Now or Platoon or a lot of or like even Full Metal Jacket, a lot of these sort of Vietnam somewhat anti war movies, yeah. and so he's he's taking that aesthetic and applying it to like a monster movie. Yes, and so um, clearly like. Uh, Packard, who clear like he's everything involving Vietnam upsets him. Like he's like, you know, we're 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 leaving. I'm not done with the war. I'm not done fighting. I want to keep going. But then again, everybody else in his in his crew, like the three other soldiers, Chapman, who's an important character, mm -hmm. um, dear Billy, um, he uh, they all they're all ready to go home. They're like, this was dumb. Why are we here? But Packard's like, why are we leaving? And so, um, he, he gets, uh, he, he, he wishes upon a star, if you will, metaphorically speaking, one more mission, one more mission. And he gets a phone call. The phone call says, 
You got one more mission packet. No, you want no, it? No, no, see, there's a misconception. It actually said um, something about his uh, extended car warranty. When you wish for a mission. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> You, you, you know, you know who would be a great Jiminy oh, Cricket. You know, who'd be a great Jiminy Cricket. Another actor in this movie, John C. Riley. John C. Riley would make a great Jiminy. So, Cricket. but but before we get to him, they they go to the island, and shit hits the fan. Basically, like there's constant storms surrounding Skull Island, right? And I just gotta say, mm-hmm. as a fan, right, I, I love Kong. And normally, in in like a King Kong movie, you have like a Skull Mountain or some nonsense. Or whatever, or yeah. you don't even try it. This movie, it's like it's more like if you look at the island, the island is in the, the island is a skull. The island is a skull, which is f- so freaking yeah. cool. Um, uh, you know, and shit hits the fan because they encounter the monkey, <laughs> <laughs> which I I talked about this before. I I don't remember. It was probably like the King Kong episode or the. Um, one we did with Feehan. I it's one of those two. It was the Zillow one. This, I know what you're talking about. This yeah. This scene is so great in the in the in the context of the history of Kong because um, and I, this is if you already know what I'm about to say because you probably listened to it. I'm just repeating myself, but um, it's so great because it's at the beginning of the movie they're starting off with Kong being attacked by a bunch of flying machines and instead of dying or losing, he takes him out. It's cinematic revenge after all these years of Kong having to die at the hands of freaking biplanes. Here comes uh, Vietnam War helicopters, you know, coming in with freaking um, what's what's the song that they're playing? <sighs> what were they? Shit, what were they playing? Why am I blanking on it's it? A, it's like 70s, like anti-war. It, it, rock it, song, it, it, sure. It's all sorts of like, you know, uh, yeah, if you, um, if you can name it, it's it's probably in this please. movie. Yeah, guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they're flying, and um, they're like dropping their bombs. And there's that great shot of like the guy smirking. Oh my god, Gifford is messaging me. Gifford, I am recording a podcast right now, and I'm in the middle of a thought. Gifford, I just I just want to say um, um, from your from your other uh, uh, podcast uh, dad, I love you. <laughs> I could be the bad dad for once. <laughs> Go to your room, son. This is why. No dinner. This is why I am the rad dad. <laughs> I got you a shirt to to signify this it's, when we were at Disney. It's a great shirt. Oh, now I miss Disney. Anyway, and, so, so but listen. <laughs> yeah, so scene. helicopters coming. You got a great sh- shot with the sunglasses. You see the explosions. They turn around. Here comes a fucking palm tree hurling through the sky. Everyone's like, "What is happening?" It it pierces right through the windshield and we stay in the helicopter like like within their their um their view and then you see something something hairy something large something mean and it's a monkey boy it's a big old monkey or as one of the characters say a monkey the size of a building is that a monkey is that a monkey uh but the whole the whole scene is is so amazing and yes like, to, and also to um just the visual effects that great shot too of him with like and with like the sun behind him and like the heat waves and then you see the helicopters so good so good um kong looks great in this movie 
Um, you know, there's been different versions of Kong over the years, and I think the MonsterVerse iteration from this to, you know, Godzilla vs. Kong is probably my favorite overall design, because mm-hmm. you recognize Kong as a gorilla, you recognize him as a character, but also, for the sake of the movies, you recognize him as a monster. And, like, as a movie monster, not as like, oh, this this dude's horrible. No, because Kong is not. Yeah, no, no. He's, he's by definition... A beast. He's a beast. That's a good way to put it. And I, I, my favorite, one of my favorite like things is the is the 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 face off standoff between Samuel L. Jackson and a giant goddamn Kong. Just like the <laughs> flames are all around him. It's all almost again. It made me think of like the Last Jedi, where like Luke is standing off against like the Adat Walkers. <laughs> Instead, you have Mace Windu standing off against King Kong. <laughs> and that music, it's, like it's Whoa! so good. <laughs> Oh, and and, just, and, just the oh. the zoom in on his eyes, and then the zoom in on Kong's eyes. But my favorite, like... my favorite shot is it's a slow mo shot, and you have to use slow mo really well. Kong is like pulling apart the helicopter, and you see his just oh, angry yeah. face. And I feel like it really drives home the point you were making that it's a nice little like meta revenge for Kong after all those years of being picked off, picked off a building because he was in love with a blonde. <laughs> it's like, listen, you're on my turf now, bitch. <laughs> this <laughs> you're going down but basically after after oh and then the best cut ever where like the soldier's about to fall into kong's mouth oh, and then the sandwich then, <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of game of thrones do you remember that where where they're trying to um like oh it's a, that's such a nasty scene where they're like trying to take care of this dude's of uh, uh, jorah mormon's uh you know grayscale and then there, somebody's eating soup in the next scene it's so gross uh oh my god or like, it makes me think of this is going to be just crude. Um, but you ever have you ever seen me myself and Irene? No, I haven't actually. There is a bit, and I apologize for putting this in anyone's heads, but you know it's just it's it's what it is. Um, there's a bit when Jim Carrey, because the whole point is in the movie Jim Carrey has like split personality and like one side of him is like a jerk or whatever. Um, uh. Uh, as he's the jerk character um, to get revenge on his neighbor for always letting his dog poop in Jim Carrey's yard Jim Carrey goes into the neighbor's yard and poops in his yard but before you can actually see anything because he's making the the grunt noises the next shot is chocolate ice cream <laughs> like falling into frame oh, I'm definitely not going to watch this movie <laughs> So, so yeah, sorry. That's what that made me. You think. know, there's, there's there's movie recommendations and there's movie D recommendations. That was a movie <laughs> D recommendation. Bye bye. But whatever. So from the, from the creators of Green Book, <laughs> that's even more. So, uh, dude. So uh, one of my fa- one of my favorite like the the the, the sense of humor. This movie has a nice like sense of humor. I feel like about certain things. Like after mm-hmm. after all is said and done. Um, what's his face? What am I? I'm just, I'm just drawing a blank for. Give me a second. Shay Shay Wiggum. In oh uh, yes, he is. He's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Where like they're like, you're eating, you're eating beans. It's like yeah, <laughs> we we did the best we could given the situation. Just, we just fought a monkey. It's like yeah, that was an un, that was an un, unusual encounter. <laughs> it was a. Uh, unforeseen series of circumstances or something yeah it was delivery is perfect um but he's, he's very good and he has such a sad death 
He does. In the movie as well. He does. And Honestly, I, like, space, basically, not to jump all the way to the end of the movie, but, like, there's a bit at the end of the movie where, like, he's also in sort of the, like, he's one of the more loyal soldiers to Packard, and so he's still kind of on Packard's side, and, you know, he's starting to see things are falling apart, but he wants to help either way, and so he tries to be the human sacrifice, like the platoon, like, he does, you know, or, like, the the arm thing or whatever, um, the Willem Dafoe thing. Mm-hmm. Is that who it is? Um, but sadly, uh, and he like has grenades in his hands. Um, unfortunately, uh, it does not work in his favor because the skull crawler coming to get him does not eat him. In fact, it just slaps him with his tail and he blows up on the side of a mountain again. And, and it's a perfect encapsulation of like, like the Vietnam stuff, like, because so for so yes. long Americans Americans see themselves as like the noble like saviors and like their what they're doing has a purpose and it just shows just like no <laughs> in in this case uh uh-uh. <laughs> you're you're in over your head buddy no sorry <laughs> um but they 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 split off into teams and um you know we also we meet John C Riley so we didn't talk about the prologue of this movie which is kind of neat where John C. Riley's mm-hmm. character uh, was a world was a World War II um, pilot. He was in a he was in a dogfight with uh, uh, Japanese, and both him and the other soldier land. Yeah, they crash land onto Skull Island. Yeah, they they and, live, and then they continue yeah. their fight. Yes, um, and it's also one of those neat things too, because in all the other Kong movies, it's usually either kong or something else that's responsible for like the death of people like recklessly right Mm -hmm. but yeah you come to find out no (laughs) that other soldier was not killed by kong (laughs) no (laughs) um which was nice it was it was nice that that was not because obviously as the movie plays out you sort of think maybe that is the case but it wasn't so that's nice um but also i gotta say i gotta say this so we've talked about um native uh, indigenous like representation on film Mm-hmm. Uh, we're again, we're not the best people to talk about it. We're white people. We're white guys, and we talk about these this kinds of things a lot because we do like adventure films. But sometimes adventure it, films, it just sort of happens. It falls into yeah. that, like the original King Kong. Yeah, the original King Kong. Um, you know, but these well, guys, I guess I love you. These guys, um, you know, I can I'm not one to say what is and isn't good, but it didn't feel like awful icky. yeah it didn't feel icky like <laughs> yeah you know they probably play into some like some type of like hey these dudes are like there there was it doesn't it didn't feel like there was any any like anyone in like a in yellow face or black face or any kind of face like it didn't feel like they cast no, not, it, a bunch of white people or anything right it it, it doesn't feel malicious i re- i really like the gate the wall in this um in this in this movie because and it's like, I think it's a nice representation, uh, a, a nice like um, evolution of that gate. In the original film, it has to be really sturdy, and it can't move. Other and if it does break down, they're all screwed, right? Whereas in this one, mm-hmm. it's a little more flexible. They're they're a bit more like, yeah, it's got to be strong, but we also got to be smart about it too, and can't just, you know, I don't know. I I thought that was pretty neat. I and also just. I like the idea that the wall itself wasn't meant for Kong. Whereas like yes. the other ones, it felt like it was meant for Kong. Whereas this one, it was like, no, 
Kong can Kong's allowed to come visit if he wants. I'm sure, but it's it's, it's everything else that's out there. Which on that note. If I remembered any criticism you had about this movie when you first watched it, it was, the monster designs suck. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that at the time. Um, I, I, you know, I think part of it is, too. I, I'm, I'm such a, like, I think out of the two of us, I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to certain things. Like, I wanted to see dinosaurs, I guess, I think was my, my thing. <laughs> you, you wanted to see, like, the Peter Jackson... I didn't, uh, not like, necessarily. I, I want to see like a variation, like because um, Joe DeVito, uh, who done a bunch of Kong books and stuff, and he has like really cool art, and there's really cool like pr- awesome like looking prehistoric monsters and things in 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 his images for Kong. So right. I, was, I was wanting something like that, but I think this is really rad. Um, it just it's a really like a lot of the other than the skull crawlers, nothing like and the the giant spider, nothing is like a horrific monster it's just like a lot of like you have a giant a giant ox thing like (laughs) (laughs) which shows up periodically the giant ox thing you have those like razor bat things um the log (laughs) which was kind of fun that that was fun um giant octopus giant octopus um there's a giant octopus what else was there there was a giant spider which is a scene that i can't show allison has she seen this movie all the way through? She she's seen bits and she's not seen it all the way through. I actually I, I really do like the overall design of, of um of Skull Island. This one it feels consistent. Um, it feels mm. like a place. Um, the skull crawlers are really cool because they're a callback to an extremely obscure creature from the original film that you see literally on screen for maybe all of ten seconds. Uh, the two legged lizard. Mm-hmm. And they just get a they get they get some time now in the sun. They get they get their spotlight this time for this movie. They got their spotlight, and they're they're I think they're appropriate appropriately monstrous and horrific. Like they're just vicious. Like they they eat people when they see them. Like poor Chapman just sitting there with his log creature, <laughs> and um he turns around and then. Yeah, yeah, That's um, but I, I think, you know, a lot, there's some, some, like I said, there's some good, I think there's some good character stuff, like, the best characters in the movie are, are, um, Samuel L. Jackson and John C. Riley's characters. Which, John C. Riley is, 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 we kind of mentioned him briefly, but, like, John C. Riley is, like, the, uh, uh, like he's like Captain America, but if you really leaned into the whole man out of time thing and just had fun with it, it's like I love I love the bit when he's talking to the rest of the crew when they're like fixing the boat, and he's just like asking questions like, "Have the Cubs gone to the World Series yet?" <laughs> he's like, "No, of course not." It's like, "Oh, you Tiger's doing well, huh?" I guess not. He's like, "Who would win in a fight, a tiger or a cub?" Tiger would win a fight. Cubs a baby bear. <laughs> you gotta think about what you're asking. <laughs> I, I love when they talk about the moon. <laughs> like, <laughs> is he still up there? <laughs> what are they feeding him? But also, or like, I like that he just randomly whispers to the one guy, "I'm gonna stab you tonight." <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but um, I, I, it also it brings up the point too that like the world 
in a lot of like like we we didn't go to the moon until like not, relatively recently in human history like a lot of, like mm-hmm. as far as like adventure stuff like we pretty much know just about we know a lot about our planet now more so than we did 50 60 70 years ago um mm-hmm. you know which is kind of the trouble with trying to make an adventure movie now that's kind of difficult to to, to do cuz there's no like mystery it's just yeah you know, a kid could just go go out of the theater and Google um, Mariana Trench documentaries or, you know, look up... Which is like 20,000 of them. 20,000 of them or look up weird animals um, all over the world. But um, I also want to say, too, this movie is appropriately grisly uh, for a PG-13 movie. Um, they're able to get... I mean, it's a giant monster movie, which helps, but like... It's it gets pretty graphic, um, especially when they fight the skull crawler, the big skull crawler at the end. That was, oh, <laughs> oh, when he pulls his guts out. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Again, my sister's going. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, going back to the like, because we were mentioning Jurassic Park. I mean, I feel like that is something that they were mirroring from Jurassic Park. Because Jurassic Park, that first movie, is is pretty grisly at times. You mm-hmm. know, there's like body parts, and you know, there's blood and and gore and stuff. Like, it's pretty harrowing for a PG thirteen movie. And I think this movie, I think, I think it's like it's like Apocalypse Now and Jurassic Park, and King Kong made a baby. Hmm. Yeah. And you got this movie. I think when I like when I first watched it, I just remember thinking that it was. I remember thinking that it was pretty gross, but I don't know if I was ever bothered by it. But I think I'm a little desensitized, admittedly. But like, cause like like the bits when he like pulls the guts out, that was pretty gross. But like when he's eating the squid or the the octopus, where my sister was like, <laughs> I'm like, eh, you know, he's 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 munching. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess everybody's different with that kind of stuff. Um, I think so, yeah. You know, um, I think my my one... I I think the whole cast is great. I think my one problem with it is... And and Jordan Vogt-Roberts addressed this on the Honest trailer. Is that he's trying to go Mm -hmm. for, like, aliens with, like, the character dynamic. And I can't tell you the names of too many of the people, like, the other soldiers. Like, they're all great. They're all fun in the movie. Like, I just remember, mm-hmm. I love my mama! <laughs> just, like, just <laughs> random lines that they say. They, they, they clearly had good chemistry, but, like, yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's enough of them. There was a point I was like, is there too many people in this movie? That's, uh, that's, that's what I, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I, th- I was thinking about this, too, because you got John Goodman and you got um, Corey Hawkins at first. And they're great. I love both of them. John Goodman, one of my heroes. <laughs> he just makes me laugh. He's Fred Flintstone. Um, <laughs> and um, then you, then we get Tom Hiddleston, and we get Pre Larson, and then we get Samuel L. Jackson, and then we get all these other like side characters. And at a point, you're just like, it just feels a little crowded, and like. Even even with like John Goodman's character, like he is again, he's the first character we meet. He's arguably one of the more he's like kind of the the catalyst for the whole monarch stuff, but also like um, why they're on the island to begin with. Just there's a lot. There's a very important character who ends up just randomly dying because they don't know what 
they didn't know what else to do with him. Like he's just kind of in the background after that one talk he has with Samuel L. Jackson. And then he's yeah. just, you just see him periodically like, Oh yeah, John, there's John Goodman. I was wondering where he was. And then like, he's taking pictures and he has one more line. Watch the fumes. Oh shit. Yeah. And then that's it. And I kind of like, it was a little bit of a letdown in that, but, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but at the very least, I still think the overall grouping group, there's still some entertaining bits with them. Like, like I said, yeah, no, you have, yeah. You have, you have Samuel L. Jackson, you have John C. Riley, and even the people that aren't them are still good. Like again, like uh, Toby Kebble, we got to mention Toby Kebble because we haven't talked much about him. I feel like Chapman, Chapman, who also just kind of dies, admittedly, but he does because he's he does. he's sort of the he's sort of the Matt Damon of the movie for at least for um, Samuel L. Jackson and that he's. He's trying to find him, or at least yeah. that's his excuse mm-hmm. to continue his mission. Um, but he ends up dying because uh, he gets eaten by a skull crawler. Um, but more importantly, that doesn't mean Toby Kebbell's not in the movie anymore because he's got a very important role in this one. Yes, because he also what, what, does. What does he do, Joey? He, he what is does he do, mo- Joey? Oh my gosh! What, you- what does he do, Joey? <laughs> he he's the motion capture guy for Kong. Stop it! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hype you up, but I don't know. Maybe there's a delay. <laughs> Sorry. Just, um, yeah, no. You can't plays, hype when there's a delay. Kong. No, it's hard. Uh, we'll have to figure that out after after we stop recording Kong. But, um, like, he, I mean, he does a great job with the motion capture as Kong. I mean, also, listen, mm. this is not this is not his first rodeo in two dudes. He also appeared um, in... Plan- the Planet of the Apes trilogy as Koba. And he was the dad in A Monster Calls. Yes. 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 So, th- it's funny, like, using using um, an example that you just um, illustrated, Toby Kebbell is my Kong Skull Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, because uh, he, I remember, like, the first few movies I've seen him in, I think was, like, Prince of Persia, for crying out loud. And I and I'm like, eh. <laughs> but then like this movie when he's Koba, Monster Calls, like I I can definitely say like I do genuinely like him as a as a performer and so I also I want to apologize for Toby Kevill for any harsh criticisms I had to you in the past. It was it was ill it was uh it was terrible. I was wrong. You're you're great, sir. I love you. You know, I I think I think it, I think it's a really it's a really great movie. Honestly, I think it's kind of an underrated blockbuster from the last couple of years. You know, I mean, twenty seventeen had a lot of stuff. Yes, I was about to say the same thing. Did you want? Did you want? It, you could take over from there oh. if you want. No, no, I, I feel like I've cut you off a lot, so I'm, I'm just gonna let you go. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> 20, 2017, I feel like was a good, really good year for for movies and and stuff. And like I specifically like IP movies, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Logan. We like the Last Jedi on this show. Wonder Woman. He is I, sorry, I couldn't see it. The delay, the delay is uh, was preventing me. But yes, Wonder <laughs> Woman is a good movie. I acknowledge its existence, even if Disney no, saw so- Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four and decided we're not going to do Rogue Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's just it delayed indefinitely, so who knows, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> indefinitely. 
Oh, I do. Listen, Patty Jenkins. I love Wonder Woman. I think you can do great stuff with Wonder Woman. The script for that second one was a little poopy, but I, I, whatever the third one brings, I'm, I'm interested still. I just want to put that out there. Yes. Okay, I'm done. Um, but I think this is just a really. I think it, it impro- It's it. It's Godzilla 2014. It's not Godzilla 2014. I think it understands what it. It. It's a. It's a giant monster movie. Um. That. Like, it has, like, great monster fights. It has, like, ca- a lot... It knows what its characters are, also, and has a good time with them. Um, like, and it's, it's it's like, there's themes and stuff, but it's not a serious movie. <laughs> no, it's, in a lot of ways, going back to the Wonder Woman thing, It like, and I think you would agree with this, it, it's the Wonder Woman of these movies because like while that while godzilla 2014 was successful obviously a lot of people had feelings towards it um and even to this day i imagine probably still have some feelings towards it but what what with kong skull island which was very successful it made a lot of money i remember i worked that weekend it was hell uh <laughs> it made a lot of money um i think that one sort of showed okay this is what people really want from these movies they want these like they want monster movies they want to have they want blockbusters more than like artsy not maybe not artsy but like they want something a little bit more exciting i guess and you know what and i think kong doesn't sacrifice it doesn't it doesn't often sacrifice character because again i think there's some care we said there's probably too many characters but i think yeah the characters we do have are fun and yeah. I think it doesn't it doesn't have to sacrifice a whole lot to be not only entertaining, but also I think thematically satisfying that in a way in ways that I don't think a lot of blockbusters are. Like there so a lot of them are there can be fun ones, but like this one, it's like I, I, I'm never disappointed when I rewatch it. It gets better with each viewing that I have. I, I always enjoy it. The only the only time I ever not enjoy it is when it's like because it's consistently played on TNT recently. <laughs> so So like I'll walk downstairs TNT is playing Kong Skull Island. I'm like, okay. But like when I when I sit down and I watch it like on my own terms, I have a good time every time. I'm going to say uh, I do want to say this with this movie. It had an after credit scene like cinematic universes do. And yeah, uh, this was a big one and I remember I'll never forget <laughs> somebody that I know, I will not say who, took out their phone and was recording this bit. Um I will not say who it was. It was not me. Or Mike, and um, <laughs> they recorded the end of the the after credit scene where we see like cave paintings of all of the monsters in our next film, which we will discuss after the intermission.
we're back! Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about the beginnings of the MonsterVerse, introductions to Godzilla and Kong, our central characters in the cinematic universe. 29, then the 2019 block, uh, well, almost blockbuster, directed by Michael Doherty, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Or, as, as I like to call this movie, um, at least at the first opening scene, Andrew! <laughs> and then you're disappointed for the rest of it because you don't see Andrew Gifford. No. Wait, where, Gif, why aren't you in this movie? What's go Like, listen, I'm talking to Gif now. He's He was messaging me earlier, ruining my thought. Now I'm trying to talk to him. I love you. And he's not answering me. Listen, I love you too, but you're grounded. Sorry. No dinner. You're grounded until we lift you up. Because we believe in you. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Andrew! <laughs> um, so Godzilla, King of the Monsters. The sequel that came five years after the 2014 movie. Yeah, five years, not that long. Not a long time at all. Like, you know, look. Half a decade. Look, half a, half a decade passed. Like, like, if you were born in 2014, you were a toddler when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is so weird. You were a little baby. It's like it's like seeing seeing like stories of Tom Holland being like, I was a fan of these movies, of the MCU movies. Now I'm in them. Like... This is weird to me. It's just it's it's so strange. It's man, that that is such a weird phenomenon. Like the things that you like you like watching, you like doing. Like I think about this all the time with football. I watch football and I'm at the point where it's like I watch football players and they're younger than me and I'm like, this is so weird. But that's just how aging works. <sighs> aging sucks. And it only gets worse. Uh, but Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, I feel like this movie was marketed. Okay, this there was a five-year difference between 2014 and 2019. But yes. I feel like this movie was marketed for like two years. It felt like it a little bit. I just remember like the first thing I heard about with it was obviously the Michael Doherty thing. And by this point, I had seen Trick or Treat and I'd seen Krampus and I loved both. So the fact that he was directing it, I was already excited. But then it was just like, when is this coming out? Like, it would be, there'd be times I'd be like, weren't we supposed to get a Godzilla movie? Where's, and then it's like, Millie Bobby Brown's in it from Stranger Things, you know, 11. When is this movie coming out? <laughs> no, because I remember people saying like, did this movie already come out? Because it feels like I've been hearing about it for like years now. Right. And, you know, it had great marketing campaign though. Like, like, I don't think, I, I don't think you needed to market it like that heavily for that long probably needed a shorter campaign to sit not only save on money but also like listen if you market something for like a year unless it's like an avengers movie i don't know if you're gonna do well um <laughs> uh but like it, it was marketed for like a year and like the trailers were insane you know um i remember like there was the one that was like the over the rainbow like the over the rainbow i remember that one uh, mm -hmm. that was that was really dope and this was the one this was the one where we finally got the other classic Toho monsters. In addition to Godzilla, we have King Ghidorah, or King Ghidra, as some fans call um, that three-headed dragon. The, I think, didn't, didn't we have a conversation about that in one of our episodes? We did. We did. Yeah, I remember that. We did. Um, and Mothra and Rodan. Your boys and lady. Your boys 
and Lady. So this movie takes place uh, several years after 2014. And this is like the BVS of the MonsterVerse because... And, and I, 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 I just want to point out, we don't mean that in a bad way. No, we just mean <laughs> purely for, in this case anyway, because I think there's, there's other parallels too. Structure, mm. structure-wise, both movies open with a prologue that is the final battle of the previous Godzilla movie or previous Superman movie from somebody else's perspective. Okay, and in this case, um, it's from the Ru- the Russell family, where uh, which is whole new to us. Like we've never met the Russell family, and there's and and as far as well, what was the, fam- the Ford family? Ford, Ford. Hi, Ford. No, that just makes me think of Ford. Hi, Ford. He he would have liked to be on this episode. I don't know if he likes these movies as much as we do, but I, I he would have probably liked being yeah, this one. Yeah, for sure. Love you, Ford. Um, the Ford family, we they're, they're gone. We don't know anything about them. We haven't heard anything about them. They're done. So now we're with the Russells. Yes, uh, we're with the Russells, and they lost their son. What's his name? What's what's <laughs> I was about to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Little known fact, Richard Andrew. You didn't know this. Andrew was played by yeah. Oliver Reed. <laughs> Oh, no wonder he's not the movie. They uh, wanted it they wanted it to be at least somewhat entertaining. Yeah, so <laughs> then year um so years later, the family is split off, right? It's another one of those movies, like so many blockbusters where the parents are separated or divorced. Um you know, and uh like like you have uh Kyle Chandler. <laughs> Kyle, listen, <laughs> Kyle Chandler is one of the few people who could say and this is before Godzilla vs. Kong. Who could mm. say he was in a King Kong movie and a Godzilla movie. And a Godzilla King Kong movie. So so he's encountered uh, King Kong in two different universes. <laughs> one, one as an obnoxious actor and the other one as a guy who photographs wolves and thinks everything is a bad idea. Pretty much, yeah. Like this, <laughs> like that's all. He takes pictures of wolves, and he lives in the Avengers Endgame cabin, which you know that's the first thing everyone thinks of now. It's like, hey, it's Tony's house, and like uh, the, the 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 Tony Stark's daughter is in this as uh, the, ch- the the younger version of Millie Bobby Brown's character. <laughs> Man, who'd have thought? Who'd have parallels? Who'd have thought? <laughs> um, so listen, like. Because of the events of 2014, right, more people are aware of the existence of monsters and stuff than any other time in our history, and uh, Monarch has a bigger presence um, in this movie, and it had a big presence in the last movies we talked about, Um, in case you Mm. forgot about it over the course of this lengthy episode, Monarch's like the monster, you know, monster searching organization, not necessarily monster hunting, but they're studying these, um, they, the Titans. They're like scientists. They're scientists. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, we get to meet more of them, but also with this, there, there's uh, eco there's eco-terrorists. <laughs> Charles Dance. Charles Dance is Alan Jonah. He's one of the few characters I remember his name because it's such a distinct Alan, name. Alan Jonah. Eco-terrorist. Eco-terrorist. Um, listen, and he te- he teams up we find out that he teams up with Vera Farminga's char- character, Lorraine War- Lorraine Warren's character. <laughs> I was about to say, do you remember? It's, I only know her name is Emma Russell because Brian Tyree Henry yes. 
in in, Go- in Kong Skull Island mm-hmm. or not Skull Island, but in uh, Godzilla versus Kong's like Emma Russell, right? <laughs> yes, because he cares about it so much, or you believe that he cares about it because he's such a great actor, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Madison Russell, Billy uh, Bobby Brown, um, uh, what, Kyle Chandler's name, Mister Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Is he Mark? I want to say Mark. Mark Russell. That makes me think there's a co- there's a comic book artist named Mark. Russell Mark Doctor Mark Russell. I was right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, listen. There's some eco terrorist shenanigans going on here, and like they're they're breaking out monsters. It feels like they're breaking out monsters left and right. Uh, he's you're watching it currently. Uh, you you know they're shooting at Mothra on his end, but um. You know, like, breaking out monsters, uh, all the titans, left and right. And um, there's a point where they they break out the big one. Uh, King Ghidorah, who's another alpha to challenge Godzilla, basically. And this dude, like, you remember in the last... This is one of my favorite things. In the last movie, the atomic breath was like the clutch. It was the wild card. Wild draw four. You're done after this. Let's go. Let's go. And, like, Godzilla shoots it. And, and Ghidorah, and Ghidorah's like, dodges it, does like a slick, like, neck move, like, nah, bro. It's like, nah, be. <laughs> nah, then, G. And, and then they push Godzilla, Godzilla's still shooting the atomic breath and destroys <laughs> everything. <laughs> and it's so awkward, because Godzilla is just a big, dumb dude, okay? I think of, like, Godzilla as the monster version of Ben Roethlisberger, alright? <laughs> okay. Pro- he was probably right. healthy at one point. But now when you see him run, you're just very concerned because this man has had several injuries and he's in his late 30s playing football. You get very worried. That is what I feel when I see Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I, I, depending on how long that was going to go. I was like, are we talking about football now? <laughs> Everything revolves around football, man. Ken could pop in at any second and just talk about Baker Mayfield for like 20 minutes. He's not here. Um, but anyway, so like <laughs> Ghidorah is just, is not a Muda. Ghidorah is just insane. Like, yes, it's just, yes. Like the moment it comes out and you see like the tail that looks kind of like a mace. And then you see like the three heads just, and it's like slithering and it's like wiggling and stuff. And then like the wings and the lightning and stuff. It's intense. It's genuinely intense to see Ghidorah. It's intense. Um, one of my favorite things about this movie, and this is like the to me the best thing, and like why I I'm you know overall I'm positive on this one, but like the designs on all of the monsters, and I also include Kong in this too, but like mainly with this movie, they're perfect. Like, yeah, so many movies, like so many things, like want to do like the dark. I don't want to say the don't blame the Dark Knight for everything, but like they want to do the realistic take on something. And they yeah. want to make it as no, no. realistic as possible. This movie, I don't think sh- it, it doesn't. Re- it makes them look great for the 21st century, but it doesn't shy away from the fact that these are giant, giant monsters. Okay, one of them is a three-headed dragon, and you know what? He looks like a three-headed dragon. It is perfect. Keep it, keep it that way. And they like they even sort of remodel Godzilla a little bit. Like he's a little bit buffer. He's got his legs are leaner. His his uh, back spikes or whatever are more like plates yeah honestly like i think that's been that's like the ultimate highlight of this movie because i mean i'll i'll be the first to admit that this movie has drawbacks 
Yes. Um, you can almost argue maybe the same amount as the first one, but um, different reasons. It's kind of like whenever you and I would talk about Superman Returns versus Man of Steel. Yeah. And it's like, like both movies are have heavy flaws, but like for different reasons, you know? And so with this one, the one thing they absolutely get right is the monsters. 100%. And the monsters have personalities and such. Yeah. Like, 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 um, Rodan is a little bitch and is like, <laughs> switches sides. Uh, Ghidorah, like Ghidorah's the, heads, though. They all fight with each other, like snapping. And, <laughs> and it led to a great meme where you see, like, the two, like, really intense looking heads. And then you see the Kevin head is just like, <laughs> it's it that makes me think of the hyenas from uh from Lion, Lion King. Yes. <laughs> uh that head is is Kevin. Um I know they gave him other names, but I think one of the names that everybody's accepted is Kevin for that head. Um Which, great. It's a great I, name. I, yeah. Mothra Mothra is, is super friendly and protective. Mothra is like a is like like because one of the things, another thing I love about this movie is like how they ingrain the mythology of the monsters into the movie. Yes, and I think when you like, obviously, when you see like all the monsters, I think you know it makes that notion of like the mythology and like when they explore stuff in the movie more valid. But it really becomes valid um, when Mothra shows up. Like I still remember that bit when um, Mark Russell, Doctor Mark Russell. I remember his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's on, <laughs> when he's on um, the when he's getting ready to take the helicopter out, and then you just see this beam of light coming through the clouds, and then you just hear the like the screeches of Mothra, and you just see this glowing light. Like, I think that I think that f- brings home really well the idea of like these being mythological characters in a way. Yeah, absolutely. It's like. That stuff, like that stuff's always really cool. Like the exploration stuff, adventure stuff. I mean, we talked about that, but it's cool. It's cool to see like all the elements that come into play to like really bring that theme home. So, I just thought that was really cool. I mean, also too, um, Godzilla gets more of like a mythology in in this movie. You know, mm-hmm. like with all the like the sort of pseudo like Atlantis stuff and some of the Hollow Earth um, things that they mention. Um, which is sort I feel like, is this the first one they, do they mention it a little bit in Skull Island? I feel like, um, I feel well, like I mean, I'll... in, uh, cause I'm, they, I, they, I don't know if they mention they, they may not mention Hollow Earth in the first Godzilla, but I know they definitely mention Hollow Earth because, um, Brooks wrote a whole paper about Hollow Earth that's theory right. and that's yes. why he works with Randa. That's right. And then when, then when he mentions the bedrock of Skull Island is hollow, that's yeah. when it like sort of implements it further illustrates the possibility that hollow earth exists yes 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 good um yeah and and that's that stuff is really cool like where you get to see Godzilla's sort of like layer suit like layer oh his layer is so cool <laughs> like oh it's so cool it's oh man and it's just kind of, I remember seeing it for the first time with Feehan who is Dr. Feehan who is a diehard diehard Godzilla fan and he's just like what is going on and he's just so so giddy <laughs> with excitement, you know. Um, definitely the 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 one person you want to be with um, when you're seeing these movies is Doctor Fian because <laughs> you just look over at him and he's just having such a good time. 
he's just so excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, just trying to, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I, I have to mention, um, I have to mention the music by Bear McCreary. So good. So good. And a few things with that so one, good. like think about it like this Bear McCreary, a couple years prior worked on the angry video game nerd movie. I heard about that. Uh, he like, also did the music for God of War, which is great music. Great it's music. a great video game. Um, and he did the music for this, which listen, like, I know you don't have as much of an attachment to Godzilla as, as Dr. Feehan and I no. do, but like no, when you no. hear the classic, cause the other, the first Godzilla movie didn't use the classic music really. It had, it had its own, th- it, it's, I feel like reminiscent of the original movies theme music a bit more, maybe. With like the quieter, like the dun, 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 it was like a qui- it was qu- it was it was like sort more it was quieter, but it wasn't the original thing. Like this is the classic like Toho, but mm. like on steroids. And to hear that with like big movie speakers and IMAX just blaring, and also the the way his interpretation of the Mothra theme, which is a beautiful piece of music anyway. But like whenever Mothra enters the picture, like I think about the final battle in Boston, and you just hear do do do. And you see the little light on, um, on on the doctor lady's uh, face, and then just Mothra pops in to shoot the webs at Ghidorah, but it's but if it's preceded by almost like a thunderous like light sort of thing, mm-hmm. like in the clouds, it's such a cool like man. The music I listen to music frequently from this movie. <laughs> it's like I again I feel like this movie. You know what this movie makes me think of, like mm. in a in a weird comparison, The Greatest Showman. Mm. So let me explain myself. Okay. So this is just me personally. I I know others might not feel this way, but the one thing that The Greatest Showman has going for it is the soundtrack is very good. Yes. The, the music the music was had a lot of work put into it. Obviously, a lot of people really wanted the songs to be great. The the movie surrounding it. Um, Depends on who you talk to. With this movie, I think Michael Doherty, I think he did this intentionally. He really wanted this movie to showcase. He wanted it to be sort of like maybe not a dumb blockbuster because that might not be the, the, the maybe that sounds a little mean, but it kind of like what he was going for. He wanted the movie to really hone in on the monsters and the and like the 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 sequences whenever they show up and and the fights and stuff. So I feel like a lot of the attention was funneled towards them. And then everything else was just kind of like a second thought a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like when those scenes show up, like when that whole at last act, when they're all fighting each other happens, or like when Godzilla meets Ghidorah for the first time or any of those scenes that any monster is in, it's like the best part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like so many, there's so many just great, like individual moments. Like one of my favorites is when Ghidorah is like, after like the web scene, it's like getting it's pulling its head out, and then you see got the reflection of Godzilla on the building. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it's oh my god, or even just like like some of the like little things that happen. Like I love when like Godzilla rips one of the heads off, and then it just grows back, and it's just so like grotesque, but it looks really cool. Yeah, that was pretty rad. Or. The end of the movie where Godzilla's like nuclear meltdown plus like Mothra's uh Mothra super powered mode where I love the I didn't catch it the first time but when he does like the the uh, sort of atomic like bla- bursts or blasts 
you hear mm-hmm. the Mothra screech, but you also see like a like a moth. Yes, the moth imprint yes. on there, and it's it's the coolest thing. Oh my god, and it's so satisfying. And the best thing is when Godzilla is all said and done, and Godzilla still has Ghidorah's head in his mouth. And the the atomic breath bursts through, and he does like he has a little thunder burp, which is amazing. It's so good. And then and then just you know it's the end of the day. All the monsters that that we that we meet in the movie show up, and just like in Lion King, they bow. They bow to the king of the monsters. Um, Beautiful scene. Um, there are human things that I do like in this movie. Before we, because there's a lot of human things that are just like kind of there. Um, Ken Watanabe gets more to do in this movie and there's much more of an emotional impact to what he does. Um, sp- um, because you, you do, because there a lot of, everybody just says, nuke the monsters, just nuke them. Smoke. Yeah. Them. Everyone's, everyone's like very, and I think that further illustrates the, I think the entire theme of all, like all these movies is like the sort of pro animal sort of vibes yeah. that each movie's going for. Um, and um, Surizawa is very much that type of character because, like, I, I still I love in the in the, the first scene that he shows up in when they're like having the the meeting or whatever with the council, and um, he's like, "We need to learn to coexist with titans," and they're like, "Oh, so Godzilla's gonna be our pet?" And he's like, "No, we're gonna be his." Mm-hmm. And everyone obviously laughs that off, but it's like he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it's uh, you know what it makes me think. It makes me think of Guardians too, where Mantis is like, "I'm I'm a flea with a purpose." Yes, you know. Yeah, I like uh, that. Like, uh, he's so good, and the final moments that he shares with Godzilla is <sighs> is such a. It, it's the best human moment. I think, like, I think the human characters are at their best in Skull Island, but as far as, like, a mm. single scene, it's, it's, it's that moment. Uh, it, the second place, the second it's... place, listen, second place goes to oh. that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, th- that's from the, uh, Dr. Chen. I was blanking on her name, uh, before, uh, <laughs> uh, Shang, uh, Shang Z, um, I always get her name wrong i'm gonna try to correct it in post um that's fine so but she's great and um she was great in crouching tiger hidden dragon if you've ever seen that movie it's freaking fantastic um isn't she also in memoirs of a geisha yes she's also in that as well um and she and she's also like the mothra twins <laughs> effectively in this movie yeah like yeah like that like you know what was funny like because i remember watching this in theaters i actually f- fun fact I saw this one in IMAX. Ooh, yeah, but I was I was late to my screening, so I missed the whole opening. Like I, I missed the whole Adro. Oh, I missed that whole bit. Oof, because we were late. It was me. I went with my friend Eric, who you know, mm-hmm. um, and we had to drive all the way. We had to drive an hour out of our way to go to the only IMAX theater that we knew of, which is in fun fact. This IMAX is in the hometown of none other than the Paul brothers from YouTube. Yay! Anyway, <laughs> oh my god! I never Listen, thought we would talk about again. Paul Brothers in an episode about <laughs> King Kong and Godzilla. Again, again, uh, and I say this solely to Florence Pugh. Um, 
there's nothing special about Ohio. I'm sorry. That, that is a Black Widow <laughs> reference. If you forgot, that's okay. I also forgot about Black Widow anyway. That's the only thing I remember because it's, you know, state. Anyway, um, no, we had to go all the way to uh, Westlake, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we saw it at the Regal there in IMAX. It was really cool. And I just remember, what was it? Um, what was I talking about again? Or was I just talking about... I just you talked about the, the Brothers and thing. your IMAX experience with Eric. Yes. Um, but what, what was... The, why did I go to that? <laughs> you went an hour out of your way to do this thing and you forgot. <laughs> ADHD sucks. Because you start focusing on other things and it just makes you completely forget about other things. Uh... What were we talking about before this? Uh, we're oh the human human stuff we were talking about before before um before your next screening we, stuff. Yeah, before we started talking about we, that. We, well, we talked about uh, Ken Watanabe's scene. I don't know where I was going with it, but I saw an IMAX. Yes, <laughs> and this is the I'm so sorry. This is probably the worst segment now. Um, point is, I saw an IMAX, and I do you know what I remember seeing that scene, and it felt special. You know, like it was so different than anything, any of the other human stuff, because like I'm seeing Thomas Middleditch and I'm like, at least at the time I was like, oh, hey, you know, I like Silicon Valley. Now I'm like, uh, yeah, Thomas Middleditch. Um, and um, or like I'm seeing some of the other characters and a lot of it, it's just like uh, uh, exposition, really, like try to explain one thing or another. But that scene, like, I totally agree. Like, it just really hits you, you know? And you're just watching, like, you're seeing Godzilla just, like, sort of defeated there. He's just laying there. His eye is like he's looking at Surizawa. Surizawa's looking at him. Um, it, 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 you feel it, honestly. I'm also on the bit, because I'm watching the movie right now, I'm on the bit where Godzilla first shows up and they're, like, under, underwater base. <laughs> See, oh, that's a great... Oh! I remember that... what I was talking about. Yes. The Mothra twins. Because, okay, so... When I was watching the movie, uh, when I initially saw it in theaters, I had no, um... Like, inkling what that... Because, like, I was like, okay, there's twins. Like, she has a twin sister that happens to, you know, show up at the Mothra site. Okay, cool. I, I mean... Then I watched, I binged the movies, because as you know, I did a whole YouTube video about it. I watch all the movies. Now I watch it, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> I get the reference! <laughs> for some reason, the first thing that popped my head is like, somebody watches a Batman movie for the first time, and they're like, where is parents? And they watch the other movies. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I get it! <laughs> I understand! <laughs> I understand. Oh, but but dude, that was, like that was a good like fifteen minutes of me just going. What, what was they talking about? It was entertaining. Though. I was entertained. Right? I hope lack of laughs is entertained. Lack of laughs. Thank you for what for listening. Um, I, listen. One of my favorite bits just happened. I was watching it where Godzilla comes up uh, from the water after he's revived by Sarazawa effectively, and after he oh, wars, the, the... but the, the but the zoom in. <laughs> the, <laughs> and it, it's so goofy, and I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> and you know what? It's one of the few blue beam scenes in modern 
uh, cinema history that I'm okay with. I'm um, me too. Um, yeah, but who? I mean, oh, Bradley Whitford's in this movie. <laughs> Whitford's in this movie. <laughs> Which, uh, if you're if it's who you're talking, he's the white haired guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Sarazawa yeah. had that lizard juiced. <laughs> Little Sirazawa let them fight action. I always liked it when he said that. <laughs> He's got a lot of fun one-liners, but first movie I ever saw him in was Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him in Cabin in the Woods. And then more recently, he was in, other than this movie, he was in Get Out. Very good. In that. He's a very, I he's very good actor. I genuinely like him. I think he's in like the West World or West Wing, the West Wing, or whatever. Yes, that's um, yeah, yes. Um, I I know people have mixed feelings about his character, but honestly, sometimes you just need that kind of levity in like a big blockbuster thing. And I liked a lot of his lines. I might be a big dumb idiot, but then again, it it, it made me like even the God. <laughs> but if, you, if you haven't figured that out by like almost seventy episodes of this show, I don't know what it's on you. you. Yeah, it's, it's really on, on you. you at this point. Yeah, like uh, we listen. F- newsflash: Joey and I like silly shit. It's okay. <laughs> listen, we 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 tolerated watching Batman and Robin surfing in the sky. Uh, and that's that's that. We 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 had an episode with, with with a talking gorilla named Amy who said "tickle me." That's the kind of show we do here. <laughs> We did an episode. Listen, and this is the, this is the icing on the cake, or um, this this is the the sh- the shit on the on the shit cupcake. We we did an episode about pest and master of disguise. So if you haven't figured out that the couple of us are a big bunch of idiots, who really is the That's big on idiot? You. The idiots or the idiots who keep listening? Ah! We like you guys. Thank you for listening, though. Don't, don't stop. We, we do. We appreciate that. I don't, <laughs> so stop listening. Keep, I don't even know if we're going to keep that in. Man. <laughs> no, I, maybe. We'll see. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, I don't care King about of the, the monsters. Russell fam- I don't care about the Russell family, like, at all. I mean, listen. I want I I think every time I watch it I want to I do because I like Kyle Chandler I like Vera Farmiga I even like Millie Bobby Brown I think they're all great actors it's just it's hard to like I think um Mark Mark Russell I think is the closest because he at least has like an arc like a, mm. like a good like actually a semi decent arc where like at first he's just like we should destroy Godzilla and all that and Kyle Chandler is a good actor you know yeah. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, you don't, he doesn't get killed off in this movie. So it's not like, you you don't get like the four, the Ford to, um, the, the Brian Cranston to like, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson transition. I think he's sort of in the middle where, you know, Brian Cranston is like cream of the crop. Like, oh yes. And then beautiful, beautiful. The Aaron Taylor Johnson character that he portrays kind of weak. And I feel like Mark, Mark Russell's kind of in the middle. Where like he's I, kind of I, in the middle, yeah. Like there's not, there's no, there's no moment where I'm like I love this character like I was with Brian Cranston, but I'm not actively annoyed by him. No. But then, but then with like the Emma Russell and Madison, I just don't care, like at all. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I, I can't disagree, honestly. Like, cause again, but like I want to, cause I, again, I like the performers, but 
I think I think that also like puts it puts um the whole twist part at fault, which is about to happen right now, because like we don't know that Emma and Madison are in on the evil scheme to unleash all the monsters, right? But we find out that they are, and this is like if you really were like invested in these characters, then you would be shocked. You'd be like, oh. But it it doesn't have that factor, unfortunately, and so you don't you don't really care all that much. Um, the I will say the one my biggest issue outside because like it, I feel like the biggest issue obviously is the human characters ultimately with all these movies, but because it's just a varyingness of like good, great, meh, terrible. Um, but my biggest gripe. And you probably know where I'm going to go with this, because I might have already said it. I don't remember from the first Godzilla talk, but Sally Hawkins. She is amazing in like everything I've seen her in. She's very underutilized in this whole universe. And then she dies because Ghidorah eats her. And, it, and it's not even like Ghidorah's eating other like people. It's just Ghidorah singled Sally Hawkins out. And that broke my heart. Ghidorah, you know what Ghidorah what identity was? It was the one person that decided to give a negative review to Paddington 2. No! <laughs> <laughs> How could you? <laughs> um, oh, but you know what? There is one action scene that we did not talk about. And is the most, I would almost say the most tense moment in the entirety of this series. Where no. Rodan escapes. And oh, and Rodan's about when, to make contact with Ghidorah. Listen, I was on the edge of my freaking seat watching that. The music is perfect. The editing. I love that the volcano is like, and then like, it's like ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, even like, remember when we were talking about the first Godzilla and when he when he gets out of the water and like the tsunami happens. Yeah, like when Rodan is like flying across that city. That was so insane. Yes. Ah, uh, and then freaking Ice Cube's kid, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., playing like one of the soldiers and like having to like care like a kid. He's like holding on to a kid, and that's like, ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> like that's like me when I send you those like I'm being chased by I'm being stolen by an alien videos. <laughs> yes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he he's he's you know not he doesn't get a lot to do. He's fun and he's also on the commentary track for this movie. Yeah, I like I like O'Shea Jackson <laughs> Jr. Um, and Anthony Ramos is in this movie. Yes, yes he is. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, listen, it, there's just a, there's just so many people. Also, this movie, um, it's not as bad. Like, it, I mean, you could tell more of the action, but like, I feel like the cutaways to the people towards the end of the movie with the last like battle scene are just so like oh my god why wow, i don't want to see these people why am i seeing millie bobby brown like in, in like at home in a bathtub <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it just gets preposterous um and even this is from a show where we talked about the pest and master of disguise so keep that in mind no, like here's the thing. Here's the thing. Again, I this I think this movie definitely has a lot of shortcomings. And so like when you get to the end of the movie and you still just don't care about anyone, your focus, especially when it's your focus, your focused characters, and all the characters that you had more interest in are either not used or dead. Mm-hmm. 
then it's like, okay, you're now you're putting a lot of the reliance on Godzilla and Ghidorah and all the monsters, which they do a good job of uh, at the end of it all. But at the same time, it's like, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it sucks because I really, I, I really remember, I remember going to this movie really wanting it to be like the best one. Because I do love Michael Doherty. I mean, we talked about Krampus, Trick or Treat. I love both of those movies. Krampus is getting that beautiful new 4K coming out next month. I'm oh, so yeah. stoked for it. Um, but at the same time, like this one, while I think it has a lot of highlights, it does have just those those sad, like sort of boring character moments that just don't amount to much. You know? Yeah. It it it, it is like Again, like, cause, cause he made some great movies with Krampus and Trick or Treat, and it just shows you sometimes that making a big budget Hollywood movie, just because you have more of a budget, doesn't mean it's going to be better. And it's yeah. like, it, you know, it just shows you how many things you have to have. Like, you have to have the family thing. You have to have X number of characters. You have to show this off, and you know, there's probably so many things that that he had to deal with making this movie. Um, but like the little, he does have some really nice little touches here and there with the character, with the monster character specifically. Yeah. And I do think that to some degree, it does sort of further illustrate my, my consistent theory that blockbusters should be more or less handled by horror directors. Mm. Cause even if, even if the, like this might not be like the best example, but I still think from a visual standpoint, it still like holds up. I agree with that. Yeah, there's some visually, um, some really cool, visually interesting things in this one. Like, like I'm saying, just looking at, I'm looking at Ghidorah right now, and I'm like, oh. Again, I think about, um, I think about when, when they, um, the reflection of Godzilla. That's such a horror movie thing. Like Godzilla mm -hmm. looks like my Michael Myers at that point. You know, um, duh, dun duh. But ah! also, duh. <laughs> Michael Doherty. Did we mention? Did we mention that he is the only filmmaker? He's the only director where all of his feature films have been discussed as a director. Have been discussed on Two Dudes, One Double Feature. As of now, yes. Every single one of his movies. So far, so far. So, cool stuff. Cool stuff. And and arguably, he's the most prominent director in the MonsterVerse. Because he wrote the screenplay with, um, with his normal uh, writing team with Zach shields and terry ruscio for godzilla versus kong yeah so yeah how about that do we uh, any concluding thoughts on on king uh king of the monsters um my concluding thought is that and this is something you constantly said to me about this one like because you always said you're this is the one modern godzilla movie you felt the most comfortable calling a godzilla movie yes and even with the flaws, I think that further illustrates that fact. Like, even just having watched all the Showa-era movies, um, like, over the summer, mm -hmm. I, I can watch this movie again and wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Because at the end of the day, like, the monster stuff is what I remember the most, and then the character stuff is like, meh. It's like, again, a, a, like a varying mixture of just, like, some are good, some are not. Um... And so it's it's not like it's inaccurate, like to go with the whole like like whenever nerds go, well, Superman or well, Spider Man doesn't like to throw that sort of argument into the mix. Yeah. It's not it's not inaccurate to say that this is 
um, not a good representation of an old Godzilla movie. Um, flaws included in that. Yeah. Um, does that make it a better movie? Mileage may vary. Um, I do get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I think the monster fights are very cool. I think I like the fact that we do get more of Godzilla showcased, which is obviously a big thing that people had issue with with the last one. Mm. Um, and while the the human stuff is just kind of blah, I can definitely like find myself watching this movie and be heavily entertained. Yeah, I mean, I've watched it a bunch of times since it's been on um, on four K. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, it's. I think it, it has its moments, really, and it's also unfortunate. I just also want to say too. This movie it did the weakest at the box office out of all of the MonsterVerse movies. This um, was the this was the only like because this was the only uh, genuine like disappointment of the ones box office wise, right? Yes, and it also um, I think it's also because I think Godzilla vs Kong has a as a has a as a fresh score, doesn't it? I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, this is the only one. one that this is the only one that has a rotten score. Um, out of the MonsterVerse movies, and this was uh, it was heavily because even um, twenty fourteen had better review. It had like a seventy something percent in Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. uh, when that came out. And um, oh man, I, I hate to interrupt myself, but like I just seeing the shot, like the wide shot of like Ghidorah flying up in the sky and dropping Godzilla, like that, just <laughs> stuff like that. Like again, I go back and forth because it's like okay, I hate Madison, I hate Emma as like characters. They're just such voids. But then I then I'm like oh. Godzilla fell like an asteroid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, like I'm watching. I'm watching the bit when he's fighting Ghidorah in the snowstorm, and I'm like, like, like some of the like when the lightning comes and like some of the shots, or even just watch like like this shot when his head comes up with the moon in the background. Hold on. Yes. Go away, people. <laughs> this one. That's a great shot. Oh, that is that is one of my favorite shots in the movie. You you guys can't see it, but wa- again, I think with all these movies, I think you should watch them. We always just say watch the movies just to give your own opinion. Yeah, I think this is a movie that it does it gets a lot right, and I admire it for for more the things that it that it attempts than the 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 drawbacks that it has. Um, as I said, this I under this underperformed. And thankfully, our next title was already, already in production. <laughs> uh, thank you, know, goodness. Thank, uh, listen, thank, thank goodness, because, like, I needed something to 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 reach the um to reach after twenty twenty. <laughs> this, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, this is arguably the most important movie we're going to be talking about in this entire episode. Um, most importantly because. Um, outside of Dune, this is Joey's most anticipated movie of the year. And until Dune came out, this was my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Hmm. Um, this is uh, I don't want to spoil anything for uh, next year, but um, we after a certain point, we will have effectively talked about every one of our favorite movies of the year on this show. Yeah. Like I'll I'll have talked about both of mine. You'll have talked about both of yours, as of this episode. So it's kind of a fun thought. It is. It's nice to get uh, more recent um, movies on the program. Tis. But but listen, listen. Th- this movie thankfully was in production, and <laughs> uh, unfortunately because of everything that happened in 2020. If you're listening to this in a post-pandemic future, look it up. I hope, listen, I hope wholeheartedly that there is 
actually somebody listening in a post-pandemic because at least that means at some point the pandemic will actually be post even though so many people still use that damn phrase and it is not true it's, it's i'm sorry it's not true it's not true yet so it's still going on uh, uh this movie 20 the 20 2021's um the added wingard directed godzilla versus kong oh listen listen I was talking about my my consistent theory that horror directors make great blockbusters. This very much, very much, puts that theory in in a good light. I like to think, at least in our opinion, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, okay. To be honest, probably the best example of that theory is the Lord of the Rings movies, because Peter Jackson had a horror background. Well, well, that that's the the mainstream, like the real mainstream, or like like Sam Raimi, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi, you know, um, a lot of the guys, James Wan, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of great examples of that. But Adam Wingard, you know, he, I actually knew about him before you did, yes, because he did a movie in like 2014 called The Guest with Dan Stevens, who I love. And the whole point, the whole premise of the movie is um, uh, Dan Stevens plays uh, this this military guy who goes to this family's house and the family in question had just lost their son. And he, when Dan Stevens goes to visit them, he tells them, hey, you know, I used to be really close to their son. And I, I, I hope this isn't awkward, but I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to get you know get to know you guys i want to talk tell you about you know what he was like while you know before his last days and they were all like oh yes please we want to know more um so as the movie progresses and he's with this family weirder and weirder shit starts happening (laughs) like it, it it the more we spend time with him the more we realize like there's something off about him and like he's kind of scary he's a bit aggressive um it's kind of like imagine that movie the pacifier or any movie where like an action star hangs out with a family and like it's really goofy but like they're an action star or like kindergarten cop you know imagine that but like from like a horror thriller perspective oh my gosh yeah it's actually like a really it's a dope ass movie and it just got a 4k that i saw and i really want to get it but um yeah that was that and i think there was another movie he did called your next um which is sort of a it's sort of like a reverse Die Hard slash Home Alone type movie, mm. um, where like home invaders are trying to like break in, and this girl uh, who's part of the family like kicks their ass in like really crazy ways. Um, now, other movies Adam Wingard did um, may not be in the best of light with some people. Like he did, for example. The Death Note movie on Netflix. The, you know, that one that everybody loves. Everybody loves the Death Note movie on Netflix. I, I have never <laughs> seen it, so I, don't, I have no horse in this race. I, I mean, I'll say this much. I'd never seen the original anime to make any comparison. I know people, like, loathe it. Like, like, like you mentioned it to anyone, they're like, what the hell is that? Um, I, I don't particularly care for was nat wolf at his performance in that was me 
but Willem Dafoe is really good in it. Like he's like the like demon thing, and like some of the like visual stuff's pretty cool. But you know, it's what it is. Lake Lakeith Stanfield's in it. He's pretty good. I like him. Okay. All right. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. You know, not everybody makes good stuff. But I do think the guest is a is a really good movie. So like that and liking your next was enough for me to like be like, okay, I like Adam Wingard. I'm excited to see what he could do. And plus the theory. Mm, yes. Um, for me, it was a lot simpler than that because I looked at this and I'm like, this is what my, my eight year old self has been wanting their whole life. Yes. Basically, you know, because again, as I said, Godzilla, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla is a fun movie, but you, you know, you, you, I don't want to sound like a snob, but it's like, you want to see like the big Hollywood version of that. You want to see the big, the big budget, like guns do it. Listen. You don't want to sound like a snob. You're talking to the guy that doesn't want to buy Blu-rays at the moment because he's got a 4K setup. Thank you. You you made me feel a lot better actually saying that. All right. Thank you. No, I remember that. You're welcome for helping you. So, like, I, for me, this was always going to be like, you know, if this w- was like regular times, I would have seen saw this opening weekend in a theater. Yes. Um, But that did not happen because of COVID. We saw it. Um, I saw it in my basement through HBO Max. Um, this was, um, just to set the stage, this was a big deal, you know, because this felt like the first big movie, like the first true big movie to come out in the pandemic era. Like, yeah. Tenet had come out, but it didn't come out everywhere. No. And that was the same for a bunch of other movies. Like, some movies just came out because the studios had no choice. They had to put things out because they had to start paying interest payments on things. And was this the first movie... Um, after Warner Brothers implemented the day and date simultaneous release? Um, I think it was the first big one because the, the, before there was that Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, uh, Rami Malek. Oh, um, the, like movie, little, the little, little something, little, little things, little something, uh, uh, yeah. little, uh, I, I, how little I care about that movie. <laughs> little does not describe perfectly how much I care about this movie. Um, you know, but this was like the first big one. And this was like, this was at the time it held the pandemic record. It opened to like, like 30 mil, 30 something million dollars opening weekend, which is kind of, which is kind of insane to think like 30 something million dollars is a big number for March, for March of 2021, you know? Um, but what's even crazier about this movie is the box off, even though it had an at home version and that we were in a pandemic. This movie mm. made more money worldwide than the last installment. Yes. <laughs> it made over $400 million. So it's like, if you, if this didn't come out in a pandemic, you have to, you're, you're, you're curious about what, how this would have done. I honestly like B, I imagine there's a B word in there. A, somewhere. a, a billion, billion, it could have been a billion dollar hit. I mean, because again, even though people, even if people didn't care about the other movies, like just Godzilla and Kong are two of the most recognizable, like they're pure cinematic icons. Yeah. Like they're not, they're, they're not based they're, on anything. They're not based on anything. These are, I mean, obviously these movies are based on the other movies, movie, other yeah. movies, but like, it's not like the Marvel cinematic universe where those are strictly based on comic books. Yeah. You know, or base these are these are these are cinematic. They're like Charlie Chaplin and Alfred Hitchcock, but as giant monsters. You know, um, so this is a big this is a big deal, and um, 
I, I well, my, to explain further how I saw it, I saw it in my basement. I bought a screen and a projector. Which we Not talked the, about on the show. It was fun. Yes, it was fun. It was That was my influence. <laughs> yes, it was your influence. Uh, I bought it, and I invited Dr. Feehan over when we were all vaccinated. We were wearing masks in my house at the time. I remember the we, picture. Yeah. We social distance ourselves. Um, and it was we had a blast. Um, listen, it was... Uh, I would have rather had seen it on the big screen at first, because I did see it on the big screen a week later. That was it. Was your first movie back? Wasn't it was it? my first movie back. Like you just, you just were like, you, you had this, you had the, the the itch, and you were like, I don't scratch it, don't scratch. God damn it, I gotta scratch it. <sighs> I, well, but, but by the point that I saw it, though, I was fully like, my vaccine had settled in by that point, and I, uh, when I go indoor anywhere, I wear a mask anyway. But um, same, yeah. Godzilla versus Kong. It was such a, it was such a comfort for me mm. when it came out and as you know i probably would have watched this movie like 50 times <laughs> i i'm not surprised by that number at all <laughs> <laughs> the only, listen the only reason the only reason you're not watching it as much as you are now is because dune is still on hbo max yes <laughs> the uh, moment that the moment dune leaves hbo max you're like oh well i got godzilla vs kong on 4k so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's the culmination, sort of the culmination, because they are there. They were in talks to do another one after this, but in some ways, I kind of hope they don't. Like you just kind of want the MonsterVerse done now. I feel like this is a good ending point, but let's let's get into the movie, like the actual meat and potatoes of this thing. So potatoes, obviously, and meat. obviously, this is after the other ones, right? And um, we find out that. Skull Island is in danger of basically, like, sinking and going away. And, like, because the storm that perpetually affect, affected Skull Island in the last movie, it used to just be a barrier that just sort of stayed in that same position, right? Now, now it's like... Now, it's closing in, and they have to have a protective barrier for Kong, and Kong knows that there's shenanigans going on. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very aware that, like, someone's, like closed me off in here it's a little uncomfortable but also too with our other other leading man godzilla he's pissed off because he senses another monsters around he wants to screw him up he's mad and this is and this is one of my favorite scenes too because this is one of the f- genuine scenes in the monsterverse where godzilla is intentionally destroying things yeah like a- any any other situation he's just he just happens to break a bridge or just happen oops i stepped on a car or something this one He's just full on, it's full on, like, almost like, when he's, like, almost like a villain, you know, at the start of this thing. Yeah. Like, he's, something, something is clearly off. Something is triggering him. We learn it might have something to do with a little, like, red sphere that's going, wow, 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 wow. Um, so, he's, like, the whole opening scene, he's just, like, terrorizing the whole like, like Florida, the peninsula or whatever. Pensacola. That, yeah, that's what I said. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, following that, uh, during that scene, we meet one of our new characters, Brian Tyree Henry, who has, lo and behold, he's a podcaster. <laughs> what a bunch of weirdos, uh, people that do podcasts. Well, who, who does it? 
is who who does that man but he, he's aware <laughs> of all these all these conspiracies uh he's conspiracies and things um there's Which, you know what new character sorry go ahead I, I, I was on that note of the conspiracy thing it's so weird to have a character like that in this day and age given like how in flux conspiracy theories are on like everything and especially that this dude is a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm. I like this. I like this character. I like Brian Tyree Henry's performance. But like the whole conspiracy theory thing, I can't help but watch this movie and go, I hate these types of people. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he's like, it's like the typical sort of conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory character in like a science fiction movie. He's validated because what he believes is correct. Yeah. And I think, not that the not that this is movie's fault at all, but you know, it just kind of feels like it, it further enforces that notion of like, oh, let's keep having these conspiracy theories because someone's gonna be right or something. I don't know. Let's always but let's believe alternative news sources. And yes, stuff like that because the, you know, the truth isn't my truth. Ooh, sorry, I don't mean to rant, but it just it just you can't help but think of it, but like. Like anything else in 2020 and 2021, you can't help but think about how it relates. Like I was watching, not to get off track, but I was watching um, Batman Year One, the animated movie, and mm-hmm. there's a bit that it doesn't amount to anything, but at one point, um, uh, it's such like a throwaway moment to just move the story along where all the bats, like the thing in Batman Begins, it's from Batman Year One, all these bats start flying around so that Batman can escape. And um, at one point, Commissioner Gordon in, in voiceover goes, you know, everybody that was there got vaccinated for their bat bites. And I'm like, no, no, this is the most unbelievable thing. At least 20 or 200 of the people in this crowd didn't get it because they're like, no, my immune system against bats is fine. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um <laughs> Anyways, uh, he's our first character, Brian Tyree Henry's character. He's one of our first. Well, one of our first. Um, yeah. I should also mention that this movie opens like Shrek. <laughs> it does. <laughs> which which co- I know just like I, waking up in the morning. Over the mountains, <laughs> across. <laughs> and and listen, it's it's the best way to open it because Kong is okay. He's vibing. And he's thriving. He's vibing. He's thriving. He's got some gristle. He's got some silver, salt and pepper in his beard. Oh, God, man. He looks so good. And he scratches his butt. Um, (laughs) 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 Listen, like, it's beautiful. Like, Like, that's the thing is, like, it portrays him as a character. Yes. Kong is our le- Kong is the leading man he of is. this movie. He is the lead. And the lead. more more importantly, he is our underdog. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Other human characters were introduced to um, Doctor Andrews, uh, Rebecca Hall's character, is the Kong expert. Basically, the Kong whisperer. She's the Amy dude from Congo. <laughs> the Amy dude. Or I don't I remember, remember the doctor's name. I don't remember <laughs> Which, either. And I love the, Congo. But- but the funny part about that is, I, I remember in the episode, I knew what his name was, and you didn't, and now yes. I don't know it. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, she's she's the equivalent of that, basically. Um, and we meet, uh, and we meet basically the last, at least for this movie, the last of the Iwi people, Gia, Gia. Now. 
the people on Skull Island, I assume, were all killed by this storm. And a lot of this yeah. is, is a nice, makes me think of a nice callback to um, Son of Kong, where basically the island is destroyed through, like, an earthquake and a s- massive storm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, I, 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 and I kind of, was one of those things I kind of predicted would happen with this movie. And I was like, oh, I was right. But anyway, <laughs> um, they, they need to figure out something for Kong, okay? Because... Uh, Kong doesn't have much time on Skull Island, so they gotta get they gotta get the help of Tarzan <laughs> <laughs> or um, Eric Northman from True Blood, as I like to remember him as. Um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård uh, is in this movie. He is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, you know, you know what? You know, no, listen. I like yeah. Alexander Skarsgård. I, I do. I like him too. Um, I know you have your feelings towards the Tarzan movie that he stars in. You know what? Oh, I like him in this. Yeah, I like him. In I this do. As I like Dr. him in this as Doctor Lind. As Doctor Lind, because uh, he works at uh, Denim University. <laughs> Not the <laughs> pants denim, but like Carl Denim. <laughs> Not the pants. Not the pants. Not Atlantean denim either. Oh, that's the best denim. But anyway, um, he's <laughs> a, he's a hollow he's a hollow Earth expert, and he's of a hollow course, Earth expert has a dead brother who tried to get into the hollow Earth because <laughs> why wouldn't he? Right? That's how he knows. It's a, that's <laughs> that's a simple knows. explanation. That's so how he knows. He is, he is approached by Demian Blashier as Walter Simmons, who gives him a proposal to help him go into the hollow Earth. Who I know as as the guy from uh, Hateful Eight that they first meet. Uh, like, from, like one of the bad guys or whatever yeah so basically their plan is to take kong put him on a boat and take him to antarctica or take him to uh, take him to hollow earth base take him to a hole that can enter into <laughs> the hollow earth it's not a pain hole it's not a ho- it's not a pain box it's just a regular hole that leads to nope. a whole new world no Gomjabars involved. No Charlotte no. Ramblings. Just no. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> no, no. Kong voiced by Timothy Chalamet. How dare you put me on this boat? <laughs> oh, that would be so sad. To s- just Kong sounds like a twink. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, he's on a boat. But guess what? Kong can't really swim. It's like Suicide Squad. They needed they needed Rick Flag to ask. Did anybody <laughs> ask, ask Kong, Kong to swim? swim? <laughs> and Godzilla comes in. He's like, "Oh, you're the mofo that I'm after. I'm gonna get you. You're the one making them beeps. I'm trying to sleep. I'm gonna That's, kill you." <laughs> but also because they have an ancient rivalry. That spoiler alert. Is ancient and is a rivalry. Okay. Did you listen? Did um, you know that 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 there were rivalries that are ancient? You know, it's it just happens, man. And it's like you know, it, but it, it's what. But also, it clearly shows. Listen, <laughs> Kong, Kong is trying his best. Okay, and this is the importance of having Kong as your main character. Yes. Okay, you don't want. It's very you don't want an OP character being your main character nine times out of ten. Sometimes it can work out very nicely, like Superman is a great character when done right. Yes, I agree. Most of the time, I, I compare it to James Cagney, okay? Great um, great actor. It was in a lot of gangster movies. He was not the tallest dude. So a lot of the people he would face off against would be taller than he was. Yeah. And it shows, like, makes him like the underdog. It makes things more exciting. You know, and Kong, it also helps that Kong 
can express a bit better than Godzilla can, but we'll get to Godzilla's expressions in a bit. But Kong is more of a human, humanized character. He's got a soul. He's got a soul, and, you know, we learn, this is a cool little thing, we learn he can actually communicate Yes. Yes. He can, um, he can sign. He can sign because um, the little Iwi girl, um, G- Gia, is deaf. Gia. And that's how she communicates with. Yes. Um, that's, that's how, how she, she communicates, communicates with, with Kong. Kong. Kay- Kaylee Hoddle. Kaylee Hoddle. Is that Gia? Kaylee Hoddle is is Gia, and she is great in she's, this movie. For for the little that she says, and it's like she she has such an impact the whole time. You know, and sometimes it's so easy to just have like a cute kid in a movie. Yeah, but sh- but she's actually like you actually like believe with her. You believe their relationship. Yeah, you be- like when like I think about towards the end of the movie when you think Kong is down and out for the count, and she's upset, and she's she wants him to wake up, and oh, it's that's rough. But also like, you know, again, just also representation matters. You know, like this didn't it didn't have to be. A deaf, you know, deaf actress playing this character. They did, they did it, and they did it good. They did it good. Also, maybe makes me think of Eternals with the Makari um, character. She's uh, she's AS um, American Sign Language. Um, And interestingly enough, after Eternals came out, searches for American Sign Language went up like two hundred fifty percent. You know, and on that note, I feel like that's something that's been bec- becoming more prominent in movies as well, yes. which is good. Like it's in this, it's in Dune, um, Apes, Planet of the Apes, Ape, uh, the, all the Apes movies. That's how that's the primary communication way for all the Apes characters in Planet of the Apes movies, um, and that's cool. I mean, it's just it's not something. It's 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 interesting to see like how often it's starting to pop up, and it's nice that it is Mandalorian. Did we say Mandalorian? No, but that's also a good one. That's a good that's one also with, a, with, a, good one. Um, with the Tuscan Raiders. Um, like mm-hmm. again, and it also shows too. Like there's other there's other kinds of representation too. Like when people like complain about representations, like there's a whole bunch of people out there that are not not even talked about at all. Like that I are think not. About, there's like no spotlight on them. No spotlight on them, and like so f- they get so few like opportunities, and it's really cool uh, that she got to be in this really big um, movie. So Kaylee Hoddle, good job. Good job. That was awesome. That was great stuff. Great stuff, you know. And you know what? The hu- On that note with the human characters with this movie, okay? None of them really bothered me. None, none of them bothered me. Except oh. one of the characters from the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I will say. I will say on that note. Because in the first movie... Because I, I, we're talking about Madison Russell. Mm. Um, in the first movie... Yeah, yeah, whatever. I think in the second movie, because she's not by herself and she's not maybe arguably like the the focus. I mean, maybe she's she is of the those three characters, but I still like enjoy like this version a bit more. I I agree with that because I feel like there's more to her. Like I know there's some people who are like, oh, she became a conspiracy nut, and I'm like, dude, she wasn't anything in the last movie. She's she something. Wasn't that- she was at the Red Sox. She was at Fenway Park trying to fight <laughs> King Ghidorah. <laughs> the best part of that was I thought you were going to spit on your microphone. I probably did. I see some, yeah, I see some marks on that. <laughs> anyway. um, but like, but, but, but point is, at the very least, she has a character trait in this. 
she she has a character trait, though it's, it's also funny too because like she she might be the driving force of certain things, but Julian Dennison, uh, Ricky Baker, Ricky Baker. There's certain things that she doesn't like. She's trying to like get information, and he's the only one that knows. Yeah, we got to bribe this dude. We got to pay him money. Okay, like this kid's smart. We'll get, he's we'll, smart. We'll, we'll get candy. We'll get candy. <laughs> we'll get candy. Um, but basically, the movie is is essentially you got Team Kong, then Team Godzilla. Team Godzilla, you know, and I think it was a fine enough way to do it. Um, the only thing I feel like the movie in some ways sacrifices is I wish there was more of a meeting of those two teams at some point, other than yeah, the very end of the movie. There's, there's, there's the, none of them ever interact with each other. Like, there's no mixing of the teams. That and Godzilla, I, I feel like there's a, a enough Godzilla. Maybe could we have a little more? I'm not sure. You know, it's, it's hard to say because I like that Kong is effectively the main character in this movie but you know what else on that note too um like on the opposite end of things like i feel like godzilla had moments in like the kong portion of stuff and like the characters acknowledge his existence but i feel like i'd never hear kong or got kong mentioned on the godzilla side of things you know what you know what i think that is though i think i mean it shouldn't matter because all these people are involved with monarch but because yeah. like Kong is much more of a secret than Godzilla. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like, Godzilla, all the public knows Godzilla. King Kong, like, even though, yeah, there are people involved with Monarch who probably know, who know, who definitely know who Kong is, especially because there's not many, there's not really any Titans left, as the, right. indicated by the opening sequence. But I guess I would have, I would have thought that the, the conspiracy guy, what's his name again? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry's character? Brian Tyree, um, sorry, I, I uh, uh, Bernie Hayes. Bernie. Oh, Bernie! Oh, yes. you mean Bernie? Yeah, he just buys a bunch of bleach. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, I also want to get into other like the villains. I think Demian Blashier is appropriately like evil Elon Musky type, <laughs> like like sinister billionaire guy. It's appropriate. Yeah. Like, you know he's the villain just from his company name, Apex, okay? Yeah. Apex. Nobody Apex. names their company Apex and is a saint. Nobody. No, okay? no. No one names their company Meta and is a saint. What? I'm oh, sorry. I didn't Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then, so one of the other things I wish we had. Uh, th oh, was, I think I know what you're about to talk about. The, the main connective tissue that we've had. In, in as far as human characters. We had, like, the Russells, of course, who were in King of the Monsters. Hmm. We also have a Sarazawa in this movie, and at the beginning of the movie, you think, "Oh, you're like if you remember the other movies, and you assume, like you assume this is the only other Japanese actor in this movie, sadly, or that you can recall." And he he looks on at at Godzilla's destruction, and you think, "Oh, this guy, this guy's connected to Ken Watanabe in some way, and he wants revenge." Ooh, it's spicy, and it doesn't really doesn't really amount to hill of beans. No, that like it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> it's it's uh, and that's that's my biggest qualm is that I do like the characters in this movie for the most part. I just wish with with certain elements, I wish certain elements were at least expanded upon a little bit, just a pinch. I, I, I even again, I think it it just kind of falls into that like maybe misused character thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. where like i feel like a lot of these movies you know 
like I was saying this to you when when I was watching um, King of the Monsters, I was like, there is there is an ace cast in this movie. A lot of really good people that I really really like that aren't used very well. Yeah, and I, and I feel like this one this one arguably I think does along with Kong Skull Island. I would agree with that. Like have like some of the more interesting characters that I actually have some interest in interesting and they're also able to use them for the for the plot and for the monsters effectively because i think that's the hardest part and i think the one movie that does it well is pacific rim because you're able to have like the robots and the humans like merge so you're so they're right so they're in action they're involved which is why you gotta you gotta respect dwayne johnson and rampage oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like this movie, I feel like it does a better job, like connecting with the, the humans as a connective tissue. And when you cut to the humans, it's not as frequent, and it's but also it's not as annoying. Like there's and there's actually some really fun sequences involving the humans, like because they're always like following, you know, like with the Kong stuff. Like I think the Kong part of the movie is probably my favorite. Like anything, it's, the best, it's strongest. Yeah. Anything involving the people and Kong, like when they go to Hollow Earth, it's so cool. Um, yes. And like when they actually travel through like the hole in the ground or whatever to get to the Hollow Earth, or um, like those he- those heaves are fun. I love the heaves. The heaves, <laughs> which listen, this is a message, and I'm jo- Joey would agree with this. This is a message to any theme park, any major theme park. Get yourselves a motion simulator for Kong, Godzilla, Hollow Earth, Heave stuff. Because that would be fun. Thank you. Yes. Yes. But the main... Okay, but here's the main thing, right? So I know some of the MonsterVerse movies, particularly the Godzilla entries, are criticized for the action scenes. And I think this this one does deliver... Like effectively, there's two two main fights, which doesn't sound like a lot, but this movie's like without the credits, it's barely over a hundred minutes. It's not a long movie at all. That's I think that might be its greatest strength in a lot of ways. It's a lean movie, and you, I wish we had more. <laughs> it's a hundred and thirteen minute long movie. It, it it it's kind of incredible, like because so many blockbusters are so used to like a standard like two hours and twelve minutes, two hours and twenty minutes. <sighs> Avengers Endgame's like three hours. Mm. man i just just give me the good stuff like okay i know people want maybe more but i'm like i'm okay with a hundred minute movie if you give me the goods and this movie gives me the goods <laughs> listen man i would have rented this all the time for blockbuster that both scenes are so cool <laughs> listen like like the, the the tasman um sequence where they're on the they're fighting on the water okay mm. and kong is it's just like knee deep in shit here because this monkey can't swim this monkey can't <laughs> swim he can't breathe underwater you got a swimmer who can breathe underwater fighting him he has to he has to perform monkey parkour on the battleships and throw airplanes like batarangs all right <laughs> this is what he's working with here okay and then he has to escape godzilla like tom cruise at one point <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> good old Tom Cruise 
Good old, uh, good old, um, to- oh, also, I-, I wanted to note about the motion capture. I don't, I couldn't find out any information about motion capture for this movie. Mm. Terry Notary should be noted for Kong Soul Island because he also did motion capture for Kong. And Terry Notary's done, like, Planet of the Apes, and he's a big motion capture dude. Should be talked about more frequently. So shout out to Terry Notary for shout Skull out. Island. I-, I wanted to mention that. Um, so that sequence is insane. Like, it just, it- it's so tense because, again, He's an underdog. He is in the worst possible environment he can be in to fight off this aquatic dinosaur who could shoot fire. It's it's literally the worst case scenario for him. It's yeah. It's like you know what the other day I, I I had a sneezing fit and at one point it started happening in the middle of me eating some fruity pebbles. Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> that's the worst case scenario when it comes to allergy season. You're chew- you have chew you're chewing food in your mouth and then all of a sudden your nose is like nope time to sneeze. I was th- let's think about the commentary by Adam Wingard. Okay, and mm. I know people have problems with the commentary, but I do it, they. I thought it was it, uh, there are people. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. Like okay, listen. You can't, you can't, you can't please everyone. If you try to please everyone, you please no one. Adam Wingard was talking about oh, no, how, I... like, with the, oh, the fish sequence, like when he eats the fish and he's smiling. Listen, it's gold. Um, <laughs> but Adam Wingard was talking about how, like, the one of the biggest challenges with this movie was trying to make like the human stuff and the, like the monster stuff like sort of co-relate and make the humans matter in this thing. And I think you know, like, like the the suspense of having the the battleship underwater at one point and flooding, and having um having Alexander Skarsgård try to like get Kong unchained, basically, because mm-hmm. it's their only hope of fighting off Godzilla at that point. Can we? Can we? Can can the next Kong movie be called Kong Unchained? <laughs> that would be amazing. Like Kong just just wrecks planes. That's the all. That's the whole movie. Like we don't need a plot. And, and, like, Leonardo DiCaprio plays, like, a southern-accented-sounding um, uh, pilot. <laughs> and then, and um... Just... <laughs> and then, and then uh, Christoph Waltz just plays, like, a bearded fellow that just really likes Kong. And they're, like, best friends. <laughs> Save the day. Kong! Kong! <laughs> Do you always have a thing for blondes? Kong! Kong! Will you ever love again? I love that song <laughs> so much. Anyway, I'm so glad Django somehow got caught up into this. This might be the best episode. Um, no, but like, it, it, it matters how you use the humans. And it's important. It it's is. It's really important. And also... Um, What's her face from Baby Driver is in this? Oh, who's um, John Hamm? Um, uh, Isa Gonzalez or Isa Gonzalez? I believe um, her name is. Yeah, she's like she's like a bad guy, and she's it's it's important how she gets dispatched because <laughs> immediately you don't like this person. Like <laughs> she, she's like the worst person. She, like imagine how did I describe her? Imagine if like a, a rich socialite, like a like a Kardashian type, if you will. Not not like a Kardashian specifically, you know, but like a Kardashian type person um, was also a scientist. Was that, also a scientist. That is her. <laughs> and runs a tech company. It helps run a tech company for her dad. <laughs> runs a tech company for her dad while at the same time, like, like I feel like if she was going to have a heave, it would have like the Supreme logo on it. 
<laughs> or like or like Louis Vuitton heaves. And she the Kong like crushes the heave and it just like shakes it just off. Like, just like, like you just hear no 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 <sighs> But but again, like the the, the water sequence the water Oh my fight god is insane. Oh my god, we what's up? His castle. His freaking castle in the yes. movie. It's so, so cool. So Kong so we gets to the Hollow Earth and he has his own freaking lair. He's got a throne. Got to have a lair. He's got a throne, and he and when he becomes King Kong, man, I wanted to cry. It was <laughs> like it was so, you just see so that cool. you just you just see him. He's in the throne. He's got his axe made of like a, a Godzilla spike or whatever. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. and the music, the the Junkie XL music playing over it, like. I mean, the whole, honestly, the Hollow Earth sequence, I mean, I know we sort of tiptoed around a little bit, but it's so cool, like, how they were able to, like, come up with that. Like, yes. basically, Hollow Earth is this land of the giant monsters. Like, that's sort of the, the in the in the context of these movies, that's where all the giant monsters come from. And so, Kong, when he gets to Hollow Earth, like, you see the skies, and the skies are just in land, but upside down, and, like, gravity works differently. So, like, if you jump to a certain point, which Kong can, because he's so big and he's athletic, um, you can change your direction and then go, like, float back down. And, uh, like, like gravity works in a very different way in the Hollow Earth. But also, like, the whole fight sequence with those, like, snake things... Or whatever those are, like I'm sure you and Feehan know what those are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, there's the the, the war bats. Um, are they those giant like dragon wars looking things with wings? <laughs> that like the wings that are like also claws or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You have uh the the hell hawks, which are those weird like chicken bat things. <laughs> but also the bet the best creature of all, Doug. Yes, Doug. Brief moment with Doug. Let's let's just remember Doug for a second. Remember our homie Doug. Listen, there's official legendary pictures merch that confirms his name is Doug. All right, can we appreciate that? I I'm surprised you don't have that shirt already. I, I I'm really just thinking about just buying, <laughs> shirt, just buying that shirt. Or maybe it'll come for Christmas. You don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the, but the Hollow Earth is so cool. Visually, it's really awesome. Yes, and like it's a different like, interpretation because like in King of the Monsters, like you have like just deep underwater stuff that feels like a Hollow Earth thingamajig, mm-hmm. and then this is like it feels like it's like really Kong's domain. And because as they say in the movie, Skull Island, as they theorize, is Hollow Earth come to the surface. So it has yeah. So it is sort of like Kong finding a new home. You know, which is kind of like Kong's journey in this thing, because his home is being destroyed by the environment, and then he's got to find a new home by listen, the end, and he finds a new home. Listen, in a lot of ways, um, you know, Kong, Kong's been living on Skull Island for a long time, but like he's trying to go back home. So, effectively speaking, even though he's much more interesting, he's Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Now I just want you to picture Aaron Taylor Johnson as Kong. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think I'd ra- I, I think I'd rather have the Twink Kong. Honestly. <laughs> oh, dude, give it the Chalamet. <laughs> Kong, Kong getting scared of the gum bar. Ooh, I'll stick my hand in it. I guess I will. We got to talk about the final battle. Like the, the the whole Hong Kong sequence is like a thing of beauty. Like. 
like there's not a there's not an unwasted moment in that because like the first thing it's first it's godzilla getting there and he's trying to find where the sensor is and he just blasts a hole straight through hong kong just to get to the hollow earth that's the kind of thing i love to see in a movie just like like the blue beam going down Instead of a beam going down, but like you remember as a kid, you see cartoons that say, "I'm going to dig a hole to China." Yes, <laughs> it's like that's the movie's logic. That's how we're going to get there. Yeah, just Godzilla going. <laughs> but even just the the build up scene is so like with that shot of his face, and he and he roars, and Kong roars back. It's and so good. Jump, uh, and then that battle, like Kong Kong gets his upper hand with the first part of it. And then with the second part, once everyone's like, you know, once the bell's rung again, it gets brutal. Yeah, I mean, because even even with that first part, like, of that Hong Kong fight, Kong is still very much the underdog. Like, I, there's a part where, like, he he's, like, Godzilla's starting to shoot the atomic breath, and Kong is just, like, like, like jumping from building to building, basically, trying to escape this stuff. Oh, it, it's, it's, it's genuinely nerve-wracking. He gets hit in the back. And Godzilla smiles at one point, which, which is hysterical. Just the... <laughs> it just, it's, it's brief, but it's beautiful. Um, it's so I see good. Adam Wingard. <laughs> and, like, but also just, like, Kong is no slouch either. Like, Godzilla thinks he could just atomic breath his way out of things. Kong's like, I'm gonna shove this bone down your throat. Which is a nice reference. <laughs> to the tree. Nice reference to the tree and, yeah. um, you know... But also, Kong tries to pull the, like, the classic, I'm going to rip the jaw maneuver that he does in all the movies. And Godzilla's like, no, 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 no. No. You think you can, but guess what? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I just, oh, man, it, it's just, and, and like, Godzilla gets desperate. And like, I, towards the end of the fight, Godzilla's just pissed. And he's crawling on all fours, biting Kong's feet. And he smashes through a building. And it's like. It's just like, like the way he it does. It gets it gets violent. It gets violent, and you can see it clearly. Yes, it's at nighttime, but it's like the Pacific Rim kind of nighttime where the neon lights are bright, and you can clearly see what's going on. There's no and there's no weather conditions. No weather conditions, and let me tell you, let me tell you, the Godzilla, like the Godzilla axe that Kong has, is like one of the coolest weapons in all of fiction. <laughs> like. Let me just put it to you this way, folks. For those of you that don't already know this, because I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast, but um, th- they released a replica of this of this very axe. And the moment this information uh, was given to Mr. Dude, Dude to Mr. Joe Danny Dan, um, and how much uh, how 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 much was this uh, was this axe, Joey? Oh, a lot. <laughs> like, are we talking? Are we talking three numbers? <laughs> I mean, it's just one big number if you want to put it like that. Point being, this was a big numbered, priced, um, rather large axe replica that once it was announced, Mr. Dutu immediately, immediately pre-ordered it. Because I can't, I can't, pre- I can't order the bus because the bus is like three thousand dollars. <laughs> And there was no payment plan where I'd be able to afford that. <laughs> Basically, you get the bust if there was a payment plan. Like, by the time you're 40, it's paid off. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but this axe... No, but dude, like, the axe that I'm getting is, like, it's it's to scale. Like, so if you're, like, like you're holding it, it's, like, it's just, like, if Kong was human-sized, basically. <laughs> That's how big the axe would be. Which is pretty rad. 
but then like Kong gets defeated. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I remember a friend of mine from work saw this movie, and he had this whole rant about like um, how versus movies should work. I'm calling out Michael right now. Hi, Michael. How you doing? I know he's he 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 has listened to this podcast, and he has given me his opinions on it. <laughs> like, I appreciate it. Um, he's even. I think he's even suggested some double features. So we'll have to look into that again. I think I still have his list somewhere. But hi, Michael. How you doing? How's California? I miss you, buddy. Um, I remember he saw the movie, and I think on his letterbox he was like, "Everybody knows that versus." I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna look it up so I read it verbatim because I don't want to misquote Michael. I don't want to misquote my friend, but basically he was not a fan of this movie. Um, but I, I guess where my what my point is is that when it comes to versus movies, it's typically two larger than life IP characters battling it out for two hours of your time and then some point towards the end they have to like team up or if it's like in the case of like like a monster movie like like a Freddy versus Jason or I imagine like Frankenstein one of those movies like one of them probably ends up losing but no one really ends up losing like it's a tie basically in the case of this movie it's sort of in the ballpark of well um one character technically wins, but ultimately they have to team up to fight something more intense. Yeah. I think I think Adam Wingard, or somebody, somebody put it like this, where Godzilla wins the fight, or wins both fights, you know, wins the fights, mm. but Kong wins the movie, effectively. I, I agree with that notion, honestly. Um, anyway, okay, so here's, uh, this is, hold on, sorry about this, it's taking a second. Uh, here's... Michael's uh, opinion, his his piece, if you will, on this particular movie. Uh, he gave it two stars. Uh, he said, The whole point of watching a movie with verses in the title is having you and your friend each pick a side so after it's over, one of you can brag and the other one feels bad about themselves. Don't advertise a 1v1 movie and casually make it so they 2v1 something instead. I didn't come here to see everyone win. One of these stars is solely because they gave Kong a magical axe. <laughs> I, I mean, I respect that. Um, listen, but my, my statement is like, we got to have more friendship. Like, listen, listen, if we were having like competitive podcasts, it would not be good for either one of us. <laughs> Do we want to have a crossfire situation? No. 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 We're not on CNN and we're not right or left wing commentators we don't even talk about politics when well, we kind of do but, but not we're a slightly po slightly political show slightly <laughs> to an extent but like it's it was an interesting point though because i'm like has that really ever been the case for like any like even with like like obviously advertisements for movies like that will like lean heavily like obviously like with batman v superman and civil war They'd have like Team Cap, Team Iron Man, or like uh, I remember um, some of the fun little videos where like Ben Affleck would sort of say something funny about Henry Cavill, or Henry Cavill would put "I love Superman" bumper sticker on the Batmobile at like the Universal or not the Universal, but the Warner Brothers lot, like Batman tour or whatever. Like mm. like those are fun little things, but ultimately at the end of the day, you know, especially in like a hero movie, because no, because at the end of the day, no one wants to hate Godzilla. No one wants to hate Kong. I mean, you might already do that, like, in your own, like, subjective, like, opinion, 
But yeah. like the people making the movie don't want you to hate either one of them. Though, you know, I do I one of the big things I hear with this movie is I know people want these things to be more monstrous and less like personality and mm. they want uh, they might even want Godzilla to be more of a villain like more than he already is or you know or what what he's fooled into being you know mm. basically but that we got to talk about Mecha Godzilla which is I think that was sort of the lean in as well as a, <laughs> yes. yeah I pr- I'm sorry if I jumped in I, I mean it's getting it almost like an hour no. almost but with the this. the point being like I don't ever think these movies intend to be that outright unless there's like a specific kind of battle you're watching. Yeah. Not to not to dis not to like publicly disagree with my friend's opinion, but there you go. But I do love you, Michael. Listen, and you're still valid. Listen, listen, we, we publicly disagree with each other for almost seventy episodes. He can handle it. I will say he can handle it. I will say he does like to compete with me when it came to tips, because we both worked the bar. And he like I wouldn't I was not working one day and he texts me out of the blue and he goes, How how what's the most you ever got in tips at the bar? I'm like, at this point, probably like eighty something, maybe seventy something. And like my entire time being here, and he's like, "Well, I just got eighty-one dollars in tips, ha!" And I'm like, "That's awesome! I'm happy for you." He's like, "No, you're supposed to be mad at me." <laughs> See, that's that's like me. I'm the least competitive person alive. Like again, I'll, I t- I I tell this story all the time. Allison's like, "Oh, I'm gonna. I wonder who which one is gonna win Toy Story and Mania." I'm like, "I'm just gonna have fun." <laughs> Going to Disneyland. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> no, but shout out to Michael. I love you, man. I'm, I hope you're. Yes. I hope. You're, I hope everything's going well in California for I you. I enjoy. I enjoyed your uh, review of Godzilla vs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, yeah. So obviously, this movie has technically Godzilla ends up being the victor, which um, we kind of knew going in. I feel like because the whole like Toho stuff. Toho, but also like. You would never hear the end of it from fans because no. there are so many people who are like, w- w- like, it, there's so many great memes where it was like Godzilla fans have like five pages as to why Kong would lose, and then Kong fans, big monkey, <laughs> big, big monkey. monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's like why don't you like the more powerful one? It's or no, it's like that meme where where the guy is looking at somebody like having fun, yes, but they're pissed off that they're having fun, yes. It's like, I feel like I'm the person that's having fun. I'm like, I'm enjoying Kong. It's like, you know Kong's weaker, right? You know Kong's weaker, right? You know you're not supposed to enjoy that. No, Godzilla's better. Listen, Stop it. Listen, I don't care. I'm sorry. But anyway, so they yeah. so they team up and they have to fight Mecha Godzilla, which is officially named because of our good friend, Ricky Picker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he's like robot Godzilla and he goes, no. That's Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> but but as we it, but as we find out, like they had the, they had the Ghidorah skull, which was an after credit scene thing that they had in um, King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. They use that here, and they sort of do a drift compatible kind of thing, like Sarazawa's drifting with the with Ghidorah to control yeah. Mecha Godzilla. The young Sarazawa's drift, you know. And they're like the whole the whole plot essentially is that Apex on the Kong side of things is trying to take Hollow Earth energy and then use that on Mecha Godzilla because they're trying to build this machine to fight and kill Godzilla. Um, however, uh, it proves that this power that they know dick about um uh is too strong and mecha godzilla becomes sentient and starts blowing everything up and it doesn't the surizawa kid die 
Like does he get like a yeah, like basically dies. like brain like it's fried and then like one of my one of my yeah one of my favorite things though is when uh, Walter Simmons is doing his villain monologue but you see Mecha Godzilla like turn it yes his control turn his head oh and shit it's just such a great thing <laughs> my my favorite um shot is, is like the um like Walter Simmons base or castle or whatever mm-hmm. and it gets zapped. It, get, it gets zapped, uh, and he's like, Mecha Godzilla comes out, and then Godzilla's like, I gotta fight another one. That's who I was looking for! I'm so sorry, and, monkey guy! This is the guy! And then, and then Godzilla get, runs. Godzilla's like, oh no. And then, mm-hmm. and then Kong dying gets, uh, heaved to life. Basically, yeah. basically they, they use and then <laughs> yeah they they, they heave to bring him back they, and zap him. He gets heaved to life with a giant defibrillator, and then he's like yep. he sees what's going on and 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 Gia's like help him and he's like no he's dumb he almost killed me piece of shit. <laughs> She's like no he's good he's just misguided it's okay go help him and he's like oh, fine. So he, he snaps his, he like bashes his, his shoulder onto a building, snaps it back into place. He's like, I'm ready. That's my favorite shot of Kong of all time. It's so good. It, it just look he looks perfect. So he, fight, he fights Mechagodzilla, and there's some great moments. They take they each take an arm and smash him into a building <laughs> at one point. And I just love like the constant back and forth. Like like Kong kicks, kicks the head at one point, but the head is able to shoot shoulder rockets. Like, it, it's such a Mecha Godzilla thing to do, shoot shoulder rockets. It's got a spinny tail laser thing. It, it's like, what is going on? What is happening? What is, and then, of course, like Swiss, the great moment, yeah. Kong gets the axe back. He gets the axe yeah. back. He's like, he's like swiping at him. Godzilla notices something's up, and he's like, I have an idea. Zap. He zaps out his atomic breath onto the axe deliberately, and now Kong's like supercharged, and he just... Oh, he like slices off the limbs, and you get the great music. That and it's but, but also, but, but rewind. Uh, Ricky ba- Ricky Baker Ricky, himself. Ricky Baker, okay? the the tr- the 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 true savior of this movie. The the, the true uh, Titan savior. Okay, listen, listen, listen. I wish that all it required was booze on a machine <laughs> to defeat Thanos, because we didn't have to sit in a theater for three hours. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, um, so. Ricky Baker is like, oh, I'm just gonna pour like the the the, the, the alcohol. <laughs> and Brian Terry's Henry's like, I gotta die with you and sober because he was gonna have his last drink, but it malfunctions. Mecha Godzilla temporarily, just yeah. temporarily, just enough time to give to give Cog to get the axe powered up and slice and dice, and then full on like Predator skull rip, which is so iconic. But it's so cool too because it, it's also like Samurai Jack when he's like slicing him up, Mecha Godzilla, and the oil is coming out, and he's just covered in it. It's so great. And then, and then like Kong's like Kong sees Godzilla get up, and he's like, "Ah, oh, shit, I gotta fight him again." And and then Godzilla is is like, "No, they're not gonna fight." It's like, but like respect. Kong drops the axe, and it's my one of my favorite shots in the movie where the camera pans and you see Godzilla roaring in the distance. Mm-hmm. The movie ends in the Hollow Earth, uh, the Hollow Earth Monarch base, and we uh, we hear sometimes all I need is the air that I breathe, and it's it's just great. Kong's home, and it's a nice it's a nice ending. Movies end. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it, yeah, no, that's that's right. It doesn't have like eighteen different endings, which is nice. No, it just it's just Kong gets to go home. Kong's home. It. That's is that the it's the last line too? Doesn't he say like he signs home and He's, then that's it? He signs home and that's mm-hmm. it. That's the end of the yeah. movie. He's in Hollow Earth now, by the way. Yeah, uh, my, yeah, he's. Uh, I got the Blade Runner sounding music right now. I, I know it's the Blade Runner. I'm not playing it like the music, but I know it's like the Blade Runner. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, we're going all force. <laughs> <laughs> but this, I love this movie so much. This whole, this whole series, right? The monster, the monsterverse. It's kind of crazy to think that, like. After all this time, like, it's, I guess this is what people thought of after Endgame. Like, all this time, like, everything that's built up to is finally here. But it's, it's, it's sad to think that, like, everyone else that's tried to do a cinematic universe has maybe not failed, but has just struggled, like, harshly. Like, like, the big case is, like, DC had to recalculate their plans. Yes. For that kind of stuff. Like, DC had to recalculate. Um, Universal just gave up. Um, and it's just like, it, it just, I guess it just felt more and more like maybe Marvel was just like flash in the pan kind of thing. Like they just somehow lucked out with how they were doing it. And then here comes legendary. And while it's not perfect, as we've talked about, they've done something pretty, pretty nifty. Honestly, they actually like, they made a promise. They said, we're going to build up this Godzilla movie that we released, and we're going to build it to this big crossover movie that uh, I think people will want to see. And, like, I'll say this much, if Godzilla vs. Kong was terrible, or if I didn't like it, then it would have felt like it was all for naught. But I will tell you this, the main reason we're even doing this episode is because, in a lot of respects, how much we love Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. Like the other movies are very good to a certain degree or have their their shining moments when they do, but it's this movie ultimately that made it all worth it because like there's so much about it that is just so good, it's so entertaining. It's it's like the epitome of what a blockbuster should be. Like it's ridiculous, it's silly, and it doesn't care. It's it's very okay with what it is. It's a very it's a very lean movie and i know sometimes people get very worried when a movie is this short and this is one of those rare cases where it works it's so amazing and it it just further puts home like again the whole idea of this of this whole monster verse and like all these amazing creatures and like that's sort of the thing like because we talk about like the whole idea of like pro animal stuff and like it really just show oh doug showed up um <laughs> <laughs> Like, it really just shows, like, there's all these really exciting, cool, char- like, animals and characters, and it puts the spotlight on them. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think with this movie especially, your main character, as we illustrated, is Kong. And he... We're following his journey throughout this whole movie, and it's just... it's You care for him. You want him, you want him to succeed. You want him to go home, and you want him to... You don't even care if he beats Godzilla. You just want him to, like, finally be home and be at peace. He's old. This is true, but you also want to have a good time, and yes, this this movie is a rip roaring, uh, it's a rip roaring good time, honestly. Um, and even with, there's some hu- fun human bits too. Like I, I love um, the miscommunication with signing with, the coward the movie, where like <laughs> the coward yeah. joke is really funny. Um, it's a nice little bit. I'm at three percent now. Uh, uh, okay, but I'm gonna but but to wrap it up, 
Thank you to Gareth Edwards. Uh, thank you, Jordan Vote Roberts. Michael Doherty, Adam Wingard, the four directors responsible, Legendary Pictures, um, for figuring out a way to, to take these two incredibly iconic IP characters, solely movie-based IP characters, and figuring out a way to put them all together and make it interesting. And whatever you guys do next, after this one, I'm down. I'm ready. I want to see it. At that point, it's icing on the cake. And you know what? The cake at the end of the day is one hell of a cake. It's one hell of a cake. And this is coming from a guy who doesn't like cake that much. I'm talking about you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <it's me. laughs> Listen, if it's a good cake, I'll eat it. Um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we got to talk about these movies for the last what feels like four hours. Yeah, um, this, this might exceed the Star Wars one, but maybe it might be. But maybe we'll have a bit. Maybe you'll like this one more. But also, I, I have more time to edit this one, um, <laughs> which is nice. I think that's the that's the big part. So, folks, do you like these movies? Are you Team Kong? Or are you Team Godzilla? Or are you like? Do you feel the same way as Michael does about versus movies? <laughs> um, or are you Team Doug? Listen, I think we're all Team Doug at the end of the day. Or at least we should be. Doug, Doug is relatable. <laughs> Doug is like the epitome of myself. I just crawl and eat things. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go, folks. Uh, anyway, that wraps it up for this week's colossal episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Check us out in two weeks. We're going to have holiday episodes. Have a good night, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Those two are amazing. We love them so much. Thank you for everything you guys do. And, of course, stay tuned in two weeks for the beginning of our Christmas episode. Shall I make?